Hello, and welcome to the Sadcast on Sunday, January 9th, 2022. The double deuce. <laughs> Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. It's not, you haven't got double double deuce yet. You've got 200 more years to go. Well, for that one. And Robert Kemp. This is also the 309th podcast. <laughs> wow. Yoink. <laughs> Yes, New Year time. I mean, yeah, first first proper podcast of the year. If the last sort of podcast, wait, when did we do the last podcast? Yeah, it was still December. <laughs> it was, it was still year. December. <laughs> yeah, we sometimes do our. We sometimes wait for the New Year for our not game of the year in this case podcast, but not this time because of timing. It was just timing based. Yeah, it's always yes, timing convenience. based. Convenience. We are a rhythm game of podcasts. <laughs> Now we're back in the rhythm with a regularly scheduled podcast. Yeah, boy! Dan dropping hot rhymes and I'll be the hype man in the back. Woo! (laughs) You tell it, Dan! Drop it like it's hot! Well, I've dropped the intro now. (laughs) We have to talk about The Matrix. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Okay, oh. like, how do you want me to deliver this then? In, in like, <laughs> well, in non-spoiler form, <laughs> ideally, I think is the answer. In general, <laughs> not just for our, in... our purposes, for the world at large. For the world at large. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to see what the world at large has, how the world at large has responded to this. Well, really, film, the, but... I, all I, mm. the only thing I've seen about it in terms of the way I receive news is YouTube thumbnails. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> one, yeah. Just, the only one I've seen just says the new Matrix film should not exist. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about what I've determined. If you, if you generally and search the, the, it, uh, that is what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of like thumbnails that say, this is bad. Is it that bad? Is it like, <laughs> what were they thinking? Kind of stuff. Like, that seems to be the. That, but, but then there are defenders. There's quite a lot of defenders as well. It's like the Red Letter Media thumbnail is just jay with his head in his hands uh, with the matrix like overlaid over the top and that obviously i haven't watched it but, also but, related youtube adverts of course <laughs> maybe one of the indicators of maybe this film isn't that good is what what brand has partnered to sponsor the matrix film on youtube nokia no <laughs> not this time no yes. it's papa john's <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> yep. What kind of green <laughs> okay. topping are they putting on this pizza? Then, like, is who it, knows? Is it like pe- very small oh, uh, bits of pepper? But I mean, they, they're, they're arranged lines. If we if we imagine that, like the ranking of pizza is equal to the ranking of the quality of this movie, <laughs> then maybe that would indicate what's going going on here. I mean, that's probably, that's probably Definitely. not far off. <laughs> oh really? Wow! It's my least. Well, favorite I had the, the choice. Whole. Like, like I had the choice yesterday. You know, I could choose. To, I went to the cinema. I was like, "Shall I see The Matrix or shall I see Spider Man?" And I chose Spider Man. I feel like I made the right choice there. Well, yeah, still haven't seen that. Um, mm. But yeah, that sounds like the right choice. Like, I kind of ah oh, man, it's 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 one of those films that sets itself up with quite a lot of good ideas, 
like I'm, I can't really fault the thought process in a way behind it. There's, there's, there's some interesting stuff going on, but I think the execution doesn't work. And the film actually, right. like to the point, like my key takeaway from the film is that the film itself explains its own problem. Um, because right, okay, minor, minor spoilers because this happens pretty early on. You find this out pretty early on. Um, Keanu Reeves is basically like. He's work. The setup is he's working for a game company who developed the first three Matrixes as a game. The first three right. Matrix films. So it was a trilogy of games. So they're ripping off the story of Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Creed. Yeah. Black Flag. I was like, where have I heard this before? I wait. Yeah. I mean, his, his company is called like like they didn't really think very hard. I think his company is called Deus Ex, which is like they were just the worst. It's like oh, brilliant. <laughs> just to make it real confusing, it's like yeah, Deus Ex made the Matrix. Um, uh, yeah. So, but then they're, they're having like this, this this meeting where they're talking about what, what like that Warner Brothers has forced them to make the Matrix Four <laughs> inside right, the film. Right, that right, is right. This film, yeah, which is this film, <laughs> which okay. is hilarious for starters and they're like well i didn't keanu didn't want to do it and it's like yeah but we're being forced to do it it's like so we're doing it and if, if so if we don't make it someone else is going to so he's like "Ugh, all right <laughs> so they're having this board meeting about it <laughs> and they they have this board meeting and it says and they're talking about well how do we beat bullet time like that was the most important thing how like how do we how do we go go one up on that well we need to come up with in something, the film yeah literally yeah. it's like how, we need to go do something what you need to do something bigger and better and they don't <laughs> It's like oh, they okay. know their own problem and they don't succeed. I don't think the action so sequences... So they just lampshade it. Yeah, exactly. The action yeah. sequences generally aren't filmed as well. I think there's problems with inconsistent... Um, I guess I'd call it like uh, like frame times. like Not frame times in the gaming sense, but uh, what's it called? Like um, shutter speed, that's it. So, you know, like, yeah. in, um, in like when, when they film cars in Top Gear, they use a very tight shutter speed so the image looks real sharp and not very motion blurry. But mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it seems like it, there are times in this film where they, where even in the same sequence, there will be a shot that seems to have a very long shutter speed, like and things so things will suddenly look weirdly blurry compared to the shot you just showed us a couple seconds ago. It's like there's there's a there's an amateurishness to how the thing looks at times, and it's like that really threw me. It's like this is. Did they not have the budget for this film? Like, well, I really don't think they did. I mean, was there far too much CG as well, as we predicted oh, when we yeah, first saw like, the trailer? I, I imagine most of it was replaced with CG. Like, like there was very little actual theatric. There was a lot of... There wasn't... No, that's, that's not strictly true. There's, there's combat, right? There's people beating up other people. But it's sort of shot in that... The Matrix was shot, like, really cool in the way that, like, they often pulled back from what was going on. So you could yeah. see what was going on. And this is in that yeah. more modern, the cameras are quite close and there's a lot of cuts. And maybe that's yeah. because, you know, Keanu probably can't fight as well as he used to. Um, probably. Um, but it's not just him. It's like they do that with every character. Uh, and there's a few new characters, obviously, as they had to be. Um, and, yeah, as a result of that, it's they've, they seem to have forgotten the cool I think, and that's my biggest problem with it. It's like they've forgotten mm. the cool. They've forgotten what made the Matrix so special. But unfortunately, that's also the meta narrative of this whole film and the concept. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Made, it's on theme to be uncool. Unfortunately, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's 
And as a result, it's so weird because they're the, the whole that whole idea in a weird way is super appealing. <laughs> like it's just right. It's just like oh yeah, no, you're you're having a punch back at being forced to make this film by it, like leaning into it <laughs> by deliberately the, making a bad film. Yeah, <laughs> and I find that right. I, I kind of find that hilarious and brilliant. But in the same yeah, maybe. But, but at the same time, I'm like, I really just want to watch the first Matrix again. <laughs> I know, well, we I know. but maybe they <laughs> know. I mean, maybe that's the point that they can't. That's what that meeting inside the thing is about. It's not just bullet time. It's like we can't. We we tried with the sequels, but we couldn't recapture what made the first one special. So let's not even just try. Let's not, let's not try. <laughs> let's talk about how it's impossible. Let's, let's do something else. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I personally didn't feel um, that it was like one of the 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 narratives around this film is that it's a bit woke. <laughs> right, you know, Lana Wachowski's obviously gone through a transition and is, uh, um, you know, there's only one of them mm. now. Like, it's not both the Wachowskis working on this. Um, sure. So, you know, I, I, I think. But they a, say that, I like, the, the original people... Matrix film works as a metaphor for the trans experience anyway. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I feel like, yeah. I I personally didn't feel that that was too heavy-handed. I thought, you know, or that there was too much going on there, honestly. Um, but I was sat next to someone who did come away saying, "I feel like I've been beating over the head with a woke stick," and it's like, oh really? So it's, oh, so it's it feels like it's been it's been hitting people in a in in different ways. Um, but hey, what a weird thing this this film is. What what a strange thing. Also, zombies. Mm. <laughs> as, if, okay. as if it couldn't be any more of a, a cliche of itself in a way but like let's do the one thing that we <laughs> haven't done zombies or swarm mode as it's now called okay uh, I think I know enough from that yeah that's good. I will I, I, won't, I won't detail I do, much more I will definitely watch it it's not like I'll definitely watch it but um, maybe that's a TV one yeah they they do go to great lengths to explain. It. It's a bit like an anime. There's like exposition dumps, mm, like a yeah. way, and it's it's like Metal Gear Matrix, <laughs> kinda, yeah. Psycho Mantis. Hi D. Hi D. I mean, do we yeah. need to, do we need to have the film section be talking about films we actually watched? Because <laughs> we didn't talk about the films we actually watched. Uh, Oh, directly after the last one. Yeah, I need, I need, I need you, you to. I mean, I've already talked at length about Sonic the Hedgehog and Detective Pikachu on this podcast. Yeah. Now you right. two can weigh in. Uh, they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's that much. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, by by like video game film standards, obviously they're like Amazing. very high. <laughs> by, yeah, by like any other film standards, they're like yeah. Fine. I think Detective um, Pikachu definitely holds up better than Sonic does. Well, the thing about Sonic, yeah, it's a, Detective Pikachu it was a better film, but that doesn't mean it's a good, good great film. Um, but no, I would say definitely not great. But the thing, the thing Sonic has is Jim Carrey's performance, right? Which I guess yeah. is kind yeah. of good for nostalgia, maybe if you remember like good when Jim he Carrey. used to do those yeah. kind when when Jim Carrey did Jim Carrey. So I'm not sure if. That if that's just because I liked 
Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, it's, it's, it's amazing but, that, you know, yeah. after all this time that he has just come back and done that again, that it's just yeah. like, you kind of thought that that era was done and no, no, he's back. Yeah. It's like, and it's, and it's and a it, good and Jim it works Gary, for Robotnik. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like he needed to be younger to be Robotnik. He, the older he gets, probably the better it'll be for Robotnik. Probably. In a way. Um, so that works. And Detective Pikachu doesn't have anything like that. Like, um, seeing Bill Nye or whatever isn't as fun as like the, as the baddie. It's just like, sure. See yeah. that in loads of kids' films and <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and like I say, the thing I found distracting in constantly in Detective Pikachu was just because I live in London. It was just like every it's single like, scene. It's like, where is this film? <laughs> like this is so the whole film, the whole movie is just London. But bits, sort of bits of it are bit. Ready Player One are a bit like that though as well. Like there are yeah. like shots in the real world. Uh, there's a lot of London in it, even though it's supposed to yeah. be like future LA or something. It's yeah. <laughs> so I found that a little bit distracting. And, uh, and, but then I don't know. If not, there was that much more going on. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Detective Pikachu yeah, I, is the, the biggest problem with Pikachu is always for me has always been the fact that it's not much of a detective story. <laughs> like no, really, no, yeah. yeah like no. Think well, they, they get they tend to just stumble upon or, or things or the, happen to them rather than them detectorizing. Yeah, or they just get told where to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you just go over here. Yeah. And look at this. Well, I mean, in fairness, that is kind of what detectives do, right? They get a lead, they are told a lead, and they go yeah, do it's it. It's kind of a bit random lead, or it's like you should go to this underground fight club for some reason. <laughs> because something someone might be there maybe go to the roundhouse which was probably yeah, actually exactly. the roundhouse <laughs> I think so and that had probably the I mean I'm the one who would know because I'm more familiar with Pokemon I guess but like that probably had probably, the best yeah. subtle reference in the in the cage fight what's, when, your, what's your subtle what was reference? that when the when they, the Pikachu versus Charizard fight starts starts up, and he just gets smacked immediately mm-hmm. while he's psyching himself up in the classic classic sucker punch maneuver. The announcer says, "Take it out with one hit," which is a line from Pokemon Stadium. Oh, I see. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <okay>. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So that's a good reference from the original from N sixty four. Yeah, from N sixty four Pokemon Stadium, Stadium. <laughs> or maybe two. Okay. No, I think it probably is in one okay. actually. Take it out in one hit, <laughs> even though it wasn't. Classic. In the film, that's a deep cut. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. he was totally still fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sonic, in a weird way, the the, the I'm going to put quotation marks around the word humor was a little. I found that <laughs> yeah. way more grating the second time round. I mean, I still think the original original trailer uh, meow meme moment is still yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but it's funnier when he looked insane, <laughs> like with human teeth and stuff. Sure. <laughs> I will always have that. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's still anyway. possibly the best moment in the film, which I guess is why it was trailered, but... I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from Movies. maybe the end. You know, the very end with Robotnik. <laughs> Which was a weird thing to get trailered, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to show the sting for the second film in the, in the trailer of the first film. <laughs> essentially. Except not the actual sting. The actual sting was Tails, of course. Mm. And again, I don't think they lent into what makes them good, right? Like, there wasn't, an, there almost, there just wasn't enough sonicness to it and that was its core problem yeah sonic's in like almost every frame but like it's not it's not a very sonic 
production if that makes sense there's not a lot of there's not a lot of like musical cues there's a one at the beginning and one at the end yeah that's a shame um that's a shame even in pokemon they could have used more pokemon music stuff i mean the the bad nicks aren't massively yeah the generic gas robots yeah they're not they're not they're not particularly referential i mean maybe Um, that's coming in the second film maybe when he has to make new shit on on a mysterious alien planet i mean there's the bit where sonic randomly calls him eggman and it's like why there's no reference to eggs anyway unless unless his like little white bots are kind of eggy but they're not that's not really made a thing of at any other point in the film so it sounds really out of place it seems like like maybe that was a thing that got cut at some point yeah it's like maybe oh, sonic was going to make more references to the egg shape of those robots yeah possibly because also apparently sonic is very familiar with birds <laughs> giant birds what oh well i guess, <laughs> right I guess start. oh yeah i guess long claw i suppose yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly long claw <laughs> it's very lazy and now tails is going to show up of course, the world is waiting with bated breath for the return of Big the Cat. <laughs> well, I mean, he should have already been hidden somewhere in this first film, right? Because that's what they do. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I've never looked at one of those, like, here's all the Easter eggs you missed, like, videos for this. But, yeah, Big Big has to be in it somewhere. Like, just, just like, something in the shape of his eyes or something. Yeah, or just a shadow. <laughs> yeah. Froggy. The big mystery is how... Is it possible? How are they going to make the Mario movie work? Because when the Lego movie was being made, it's like, how is that going to work? And then it was great. So it's like, is it possible? Yeah, but Lego is willing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Le- Lego is yeah. more of a blank slate in a weird way. Like Mario actually has legacy yeah, now. That's true. And they, you know, that's what we're looking at with Sonic, right? It's just like they did. It's not like it's not like Sonic, Sonic, really, I guess. And like, I guess Lego, like, they could have shamelessly looked at the Traveller's Tales games and been like, like, oh, right, these guys with their, their their slapstick. You know, maybe not, but, when, you know, maybe prior to them getting voices. It's yeah. Like they become, but, yeah but, you know, it's like, here's, here's how they do It's just slapstick animation, I suppose, which I guess isn't unique to Lego. Yeah, but they kind but, of did do that in the Lego movie. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, like they did that in the games, and it's like, it's, right, not, really, yeah. it's not necessarily a unique form of comedy. <laughs> they just... No. It's like you can get away with making a slightly different version of Sonic for the film because there's been different versions of Sonic anyway throughout the years of the games. Whereas with Mario, he's been incredibly similar every time and that's going to very limit what you can do. It's like if you actually made a Zelda thing, right? It's like you need to pick a timeline. Well, or come up with a new or, one. Or you don't need to pick a timeline and just make sure there's no reference to where it would fit in a timeline at any point. Uh, yeah, just, just make a new one. <laughs> Or you just say it's 10,000 years in the future and be done. <laughs> Problem solved. But then Zelda would be even weirder because Link is permanently silent, right? Apart from going, yeah, well, So is Mario, mostly, in terms oh, of true. actual phrases, actual wow. full sentences. Yeah. But we already know he's going to sound like he's from Brooklyn, right? <laughs> no. Swig your arms from side to side. I mean, we can only hope. <laughs> but I don't think Chris Pratt could do that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. Yeah, uh, Noam and I watched um, Onward, um, that Pixar film that oh, came right. out in 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 lockdown, and uh, we didn't. In fairness, we didn't recognise Chris Pratt as one of the characters in that. Like, um, okay. I think he plays the kind of older brother who's a bit of a 
I wouldn't say a stoner, but he's a D&D guy. If you know what I mean, he drives like a, a van that looks like it was ripped off an Iron Maiden album. And, uh, right. and he plays that sort of character. And it's like, yeah, to be honest, we didn't, we didn't peg it with him. Um, so it's not, it's, I guess it's not his first rodeo doing voice acting for, for <laughs> no. films. We but, it, but, it, but it was, but it was a day. It's a me. I'm a D and D master. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one voice he could do is just Mario. <laughs> that would be. A, that's why he was cast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Onwards Film section. Good. Even if it even... onward. Yeah, I saw. Oh no, I was going to say, I saw Encanto, but I was going to say, but I don't think that actually is Pixar. I think it's just Disney animation. Or whatever. Oh, right. Okay. That, yeah. yeah. That, that was yeah, good. I, think, just the, I think Luca was Pixar's last. Yeah, I saw that too. That was uh, good. It's just I'm, not. I, I think I'm getting a bit tired of Pixar's heartstring pulling, <laughs> right? Mm. Like every film has to have a hook like that. And it, in fairness to Onward, yeah, it it's does, a little yeah. less of that than it has been in 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 their recent history. Um, right. But it is still there. Mm. It's someone, part of their formula, isn't it? Yeah. Someone has to have died, you know. <laughs> There's not much you can do with, like, the generic plots of kids' movies. They kind of all have to be that exact same story. Mysterious parental figure dies slash isn't there slash disappears and then... <laughs> Then yeah. adventure happens. You've got, you've got to come up with the family-friendly version of daddy issues. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, Big Hero 6 is very similar. On yep. that, so, you know. <laughs> that's one of the other ones I was thinking <laughs> but the, of. <laughs> but, they, but they didn't just throw in a dad death, did they? No, let's throw in a brother death as well. That's, Same thing. Yeah, let's just, just pile up it slightly higher. I do, I do love of Big course. Hero 6, though. That's a great film. <laughs> Pile them high. That's my uh, film session. Yeah, I think that, that is the film, film session. session. <laughs> um, Spider-Man was pretty good. Won't go into it at all. So, but uh, definitely worth a watch. I'd say it's probably the. Let's see. Yeah, definitely the best uh, Marvel. Although it's Sony, of course, and it's mostly Sony, but it's it is MCU, right? Yeah. Uh, it's probably the best MCU film since, you know, the Avengers stuff, Infinity, whatever it was, Endgame. Okay. Well, I, I'm, yeah. I really enjoyed Shang-Chi, so that's... Uh... Yeah, it's better. I, 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 Shang-Chi degenerated at the end into a CGI fest, which... The, but um, uh, I enjoy... I, uh, the main thing I like about Shang-Chi is the casting, right? Aquafina. Yeah, yeah. and, the, and even the main guy, he was really good. But, like, in terms of the actual film, it was, like, fine. Uh, in my opinion, Got kind of saved by how great the cast is. I'm a sucker for the origin Lerner story. Well. You know me. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, but with Spider-Man, what they've been doing is draw with this time, and you know, Spider-Man, the third generation of, of Spider-Man films, is like really draw out the origin story into a giant like trilogy yeah, yeah, yeah. of high school films. And this is the conclusion of the origin story, which is quite cool, combined with, you know. I guess as you've like, seen from the trailer, multiverse stuff. <laughs> I guess other than Avengers, Marvel haven't really done any series more than three. If you see, I mean, there's no solo film that's more than three until Thor comes along, because like Thor's yeah, going to be the fourth, isn't it? Is that is that right? 
Love, third, love and Thunder so would be low. the fourth. Oh no, fourth. That would be the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's true. It's like you could, they might they might stop with Spider Man. I don't know, but no, I, I he'll be so. a character in is... other films for sure. But like maybe it will be, yeah. be the end of Spider Man as a Spider Man film. But maybe maybe that Sony won't want that. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't know what the situation is. All I know is that it's kind of the this is the setup for the next proper phase, right? This is it getting going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty much. Although they'll find a way that you won't have had to have watched it, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But obviously, it, Doctor Strange is in it, as you'll know from the mm-hmm. trailer. And uh, the next phase, you know, it's it, there's a Doctor Strange movie, right? Multiverse of Madness. So yes. it's all going to be multiverse stuff, and this is the start of that, right? Yeah. That's not a spoiler, because that's in the trailer, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Anyway, check it out. Um, it's a good one. The only trouble with this is, like, if you know about the comic books situation, it's just it's all heading toward the the whole multiverse situation. Yeah, how that plays out in the comic books every time they do this kind of thing is just like it's it gets real bad. <laughs> yeah, the well, way they try and wrap up multiverse ideas in the comic book series has always been just horrible disasters. Where it's like this doesn't make any sense, and you're just like you're killing and unkilling random characters constantly. <laughs> Because they can. Because they can. Yeah. I mean, they've already technically done that in the films, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they already started, like, they had multiverse stuff almost starting in Endgame, right? Where, and then and then they had, what's it, Loki go off into a different universe or, or go into the, the time cops or whatever they are, <laughs> whatever they're called. And then, and then he's at the end of the universe at the end of that series where all the timelines are converging and stuff so it's all it'll all come together i think but yeah i know what you mean it always ends up a total mess because the rules don't never make any sense but i mean what else are they going to do uh they've got it they've, they've got it they've got it because there's no as way to top the i mean as long as the, i think the pro- main problem with the comic book version versions of this concept is like it's not necessarily the actual way it wraps up the multiverse idea or anything it's like what they get left with at the end because <laughs> in comic book lands you use this kind of situation for rebooting characters for rebooting. Cause a reset. yeah yeah <laughs> and that's where the problems lie <laughs> if you try and reboot someone into something that people don't like and then you have to but that's exactly ironically that's what's happened with spider-man and that's exactly what this film de- deals with mm. obviously yeah uh, is uh uh, in a funny way, so uh, check it out, if, especially if you've seen the prior Spider-Man's. Spider-Man's. Oh, I mean, I I want to ask, but I don't want to ask. It's like because yeah. I, I know what they do to some extent, but now I'm thinking like, but how? Do, but what about Into the Spider Verse? Like, is that somehow yeah, wrapped in? It's like that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And there's a trailer for Into the Spider Verse Two Part One, right? Yeah. Uh, from, so yeah, excited for that. End of this year, isn't it? It's like it's too early to get hype, but still hype. Yeah, hype, hype. All right, we better switch to video games. Had we? Well, I mean, I don't know. We better switch to video much. games, but not news. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no news. Like pretty much, it's like PSVR two is like the one thing, right? Other than the world's slow collapse into NFT hell. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about that <sighs> slightly as well. Yeah. How apparently every publisher is just fully on board with making money out of nothing because of course they are <laughs> yeah konami have said they're in ea have said they're in ubisoft have already tried and failed um to do something 
uh, Square, the other biggies. I mean, the Square one was the one that I I'd read most about because I actually saw their their like whole weird New Year's like investor letter or something, I guess, where they actually went into it quite a lot. Where they were just like, and of course, the thing about the Square one is that, like they more or less basically say, you know, why people aren't making mods for our games because they're not getting paid, <laughs> and it's like. I'm not sure you understand mods or like how getting paid works. Yeah, that's not that's not really the spirit of mods, but and also Bethesda already tried that with paid mods, and we all know how well that went. Yeah, nobody really <laughs> likes it. And also, if you want people to mod your game, make your games moddable, I guess. Because what can you even think of a Square game that's actually had a significant mod scene? Not intentionally, no. I mean, I know the Final Fantasy PC releases have had mods made for them, but that's not because the games were designed for them. No. It's like, people tore them apart to achieve that stuff. So how how do, how do NFTs work with games? What's Man, I don't even was... know. Like, I, can, I sort of understand... I can sort of vaguely get them in video games in the sense that, okay, what if they actually made a unique cosmetic item... Yeah, exactly. Game. So but you only could one make person a, could own an artisan TF2 hat, right? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you make you make in a three D blender or something, and then you sell it to one person, and then, and an then they can trade it yeah. to other people, but there can only be one. Yeah, oh. exactly. I, I, in a way, that is something somehow more tangible than. NFTs on their own, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like this actually yeah. ties to. Not a physical thing, still, but a thing at least, a usable thing. Well, the thing that I, yeah. that I saw that was like maybe was the the best take on it that I'd seen was in the Penny Arcade strip about it, where Tycho was talking to Ubisoft, and he he says like, you know what, you can sell me that's a digital good that I wanted NFT for an actual fucking video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, so someone had just one copy of it. Is this like the Wu Tang album? That well, one, no, that not one even like that. Just like have an actual digital rights management system that actually allows you to resell games because they're actually you know NFTs and therefore <laughs> properly encrypted and everything. I mean, so you actually could physically have a copy that is resellable, legit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's, and uh, you know that argument has been brought up several times by people who like NFTs. Where it's like, oh, NFTs are just not the first step on the road to having proper digital rights management, where we'll actually be able to secondhand sell games on every platform and all this. Stuff. I mean, and it's may, like, may, yeah, probably not. Though. Maybe, but none of that feels. No, I guess I guess that's the whole point. But yeah, a bit of me, a bit in my head is just always like, but please, could we just not involve the blockchain yeah. in anything? But that's it's like that's too much integrated into the whole system. Yeah. And, you know, then quantum computers will happen and it'll all be irrelevant (laughs) because encryption will get fucked at that point. I kind of hope we don't get there. I don't think that's too soon. (laughs) I think we've got a while before the quantum computers break. It'll it'll be the end of the world when when, when quantum is solved. I mean, you can technically buy quantum CPUs at this point, but not, you know, really useful ones. Yeah. I mean, the only thing to worry about is that it has been solved in somewhere in the NSA, and it somehow leaks. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> that would be the conspiracy theory that the US government have already have already got quantum computers I mean, that, that can break encryption. Seems like a very likely <laughs> yeah. conspiracy theory. As soon as quantum computers became real enough, what? And you reckon they're just spinning the story about them needing backdoors in companies and paying them a lot of money to put backdoors into? 
Well, I mean, that's just... No, like, they have that as well. Yeah, that's, that's just, like, yeah. that's just the backup <laughs> system. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper than, than developing quantum computing to just force everyone to do it. I mean, that would be a pretty funny end to the, to the blockchain story. It's just like, once we get quantum computers, it all becomes completely irrelevant, so all that just goes away. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to be, like... Yeah, if you're one of these like heavy investors and you're still in at the at the cusp, right? You have to be so shrewd to be like sell it, sell yeah, it, now, give right it all now. out. Yeah, it'll be like the housing market collapse again. Yeah, where yeah, one company saw it coming. <laughs> and at this point, that's kind of what you have to hope is going to happen because it doesn't seem like they're going to go away on their own. Well, I mean. Or they're not going to... It seems like, at least in video games, these video game companies trying to get on, in on it are probably not going to succeed, at least. But, but yeah, they're going to try. Yeah. Well, the art fad yeah. of NFTs is, is over, yeah. right? And, and now we're, we're in the problem where it's like people are like suddenly going, okay, is there a practical use for this crap? <laughs> and so far, they're struggling. The bit that like, like crossed my mind with this is, do, do you remember when they, like, when they were talking about Destiny? Like before it even came out, and they were talking about how guns would have stories. Yeah, it's like okay, maybe you could actually somehow like rope that system into NFTs and blockchains, right? So that so guns do have a an actual story behind them because it's passed through these hands and these players did this thing, which is kind of interesting. Maybe if those guns were legitimately unique, but then there's a bit in my head that's just like. You could just do all that in a database. I mean, the whole problem with the, <laughs> you don't need a blockchain. The, just do it. Just do it. The whole just problem with it. this this idea as far as far as like how they want to make modding a part of this essentially make user generated content matter or whatever. Mm. It's just like user generated content is shit, <laughs> and then to, <laughs> to, they can't. No one's ever going to be able to make like user generated content of a quality that would actually match with like a destiny 2 gun or whatever or well i mean they can they might it, but it would take so much effort that you might as well just fucking get an actual job and get paid to do it i mean that's that is one What's of that? the reason modders do mod though isn't it like they want to get picked up they want yeah, to they they build a portfolio, portfolio yeah, yeah. That is that. That is your point that, uh, there, Rob. That just put it in a database. It's like the blockchain is a distributed database, right? And the idea of that is that no one can take the thing away from you arbitrarily, right? But with for a game, the the ultimately the the game will get the developers away from of the game are in control. <laughs> the, the developers of the game are in control. So the fact that they have a centralized database, but that's the problem for with these most items NFTs isn't isn't anyway. really a problem, right? That's the, yeah, that's the problem with most NFTs anyway. Though, aren't they? Like the art fad of NFTs are just literally URLs. Good old that's right all click. they are. They're not. They're not. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, not, yeah. They're, they're not the data of the JPEG or anything like that. They're just a yeah. So whoever owns the server, so the can URL. change what's at that URL. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you can you can you can own that URL. I guess, but but you still don't, and that yeah. server could catch on fire, and then that token is only the token exists, not the thing it points to, and it's like I don't, hmm. what I don't fully understand if like NFTs can like be changed in that way. Like, can you move that URL ever? Like, or is that literally? But you could do a you... redirect on there, <laughs> just put a three hundred four on there, move oh. permanently. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so it's, dumb. It's so dumb. You just put the same URL in a different token. <laughs> it's like what? I, it's it's know. like it feels like a. The whole NFT thing and blockchain to some degree, like it just always feels like it's a 
like it's the, a solution it, looking for a problem like well not but, just that but it's like it feels like the older generation say like people who like physical things people who like actual scarcity and rarity and things like that that's like trying to clamber back to the good old days it's like let's let's impose the, the restrictions that the digital age deliberately got rid of and it's like right exactly uh, yeah like for commercial gain yeah, and it's it like it's, it, it rubs it, me up such the wrong way i mean it might it like conceptually it might kind of seem like that but like there's no way those people are the ones doing all the programming to make oh, it happen it's no, like it's absolutely the, not it's people it's exploiting like, those people absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, almost exactly. certainly it right it's a smart youngster that thought <laughs> you know what the boomers are gonna love this and because the, they're dumb <laughs> and don't understand technology in any way boomer bait yeah pretty much gah what a mess what a load of nonsense the world will end in with a nothing, nothing left at the end of the world other than a warehouse full of Nvidia cards just whirring away, pointlessly calculating NFTs. Yep, it will just be one one giant blockchain. <laughs> that will be the only thing that exists. <laughs> when a, when an alien race comes and finds us in the future, and they find this warehouse, and it just says like Era Cube or something on it. Era <laughs> Cube. Era Cube. <laughs> Maybe the entire current state and future state of the entire universe is just a blockchain. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. Get back to I'm the. Living in a we're, we're in the, the matrix. matrix, everyone. <laughs> we're in the matrix. Uh, anyway, don't take the. Um, I, I, have you ever? I know that like the whole red pill, blue pill thing, right? Like, like has, has anyone ever in history been given a red or a blue pill that is so shiny? Like those, those pills As the are ones. <laughs> they're super shiny. They weren't that shiny in in the original film. Well, the original they? ones were like those, like sem- yeah. like translucent, right? They were like those liquid yeah. filled pills. Oh, the right. jelly yeah. ones. They're more like a jelly follow, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, they're like shiny metal looking things in, in, in this new one. Yeah, those are the tracking devices basically. <laughs> <They're> not, <laughs> yeah. It's not actually. I mean, I mean, literally, they are in tracking devices in the original Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they work, but you know, I mean, they've never really explained that, but you eat them and it somehow lets you, lets them find your signal right yeah. at the physical location. Somehow. Oh my God, I love the original Matrix stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a really good film. It was a great film. Yeah. I need to watch the Animatrix again. Yeah, I feel like I have. I've only seen that like once, probably. I mean, or parts of it twice, maybe. I mean, like half of it is good. Yeah, but, but, that, <laughs> yeah. but, but that half is really good. So that's the news. PlayStation VR two. Do we want to talk about that? Is there anything to I mean, say apart from it? The specs look good. Yeah, it's, it's setting good. up to be the possibly the best headset ever made yeah. so far. You know, it's got a a 4k oled screen powering a higher resolution to each eye than a valve index and you know the valve index is the most expensive set you can try and get hold of right now so yeah i mean it's all all great they just need to ship enough ps5 so that people can actually yeah so people because i wonder what the i wonder what the percentage share was of ps4 people who opted into psvr like because they must be running those numbers right it's like ps4 vr2 is Almost yeah. definitely cool, but we can only expect to make this amount to to hit this amount of market cap, probably. Mm. Um, and if that market cap is already lower because they can't ship enough PS5s, and it's also like 
they're looking at people who bought the previous, the first version, and they're like, how many of these people are actually going to spend this much again on a new one? Mm. <laughs> well, and how much is it going to be? If it's, if its specs are as good as they sound, mm. yeah. just how pricey yeah. is this thing? Uh, I'd yeah. rather they made it made it as as good as possible, to be honest, uh, I think. Yeah, in a world when you could pick up a Quest 2, which is a pretty well-performing headset, even you know, even though it's been out for a few years now, it's like for 300 quid, which is still... It's not, That's because it's not it's chump change, lost. but it's cheap for, for a VR set. It's because it's heavily subsidised by the evil Meta Corporation. Because <laughs> they, they want to get into, into VR and, and own VR, don't they? Meta, I guess, so... That's that's Zuckerberg's dream. So if uh, Sony can can outsell that, then uh, that would be good for everyone. <laughs> I dream in Meta. Have they not like made a shitty Second Life ripoff yet? <laughs> no, so that's where they're, they're going. Right? On, they're working on it. That's yeah, yeah, because there was the whole presentation, right? Yeah, from uh, from Mark Zuckerberg that was super Space Poker or whatever it was. Yeah, or you know, just fucking buy Second Life. <laughs> they're just they going to call it. it because they they just co-opting the term metaverse, right? Yeah. They're just mm. going to use that as the name. Yeah, I'm sure I've asked this before. Is Second Life still about? Of course. I mean, it's, it's not any better than it ever has been. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean it got uh, better for a while, a few years back. I mean, how populated is it now? Like, what? Oh, like, it's probably about as populated as it's ever been. Like really? a few hundred people or whatever. <laughs> You're never going to see more than two people at once unless it's a very special occasion, right? No one makes a corporate like car show. <laughs> that was funny when they did that. It's it was like, pretty for great. A while. Yeah, <laughs> and that that was another weird situation where it's just like, why did that happen at that specific time? Because that was before the like the revival of Second Life. That was back when Second Life was even shitter than it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, was it before or after apps became a sort of a concept? Like I get, I guess Second Life was big, like on the cusp of apps becoming yeah, big as well. So it's like because nowadays that's all they'd do, right? They'd ship an app. I guess, but that doesn't. But then, but then you can't. How do you draw people into that? It's like it doesn't really work. Like, yeah. Not that drawing people into Second Life was a good idea because that's a whole different. Like you think about <laughs> how much you have to teach people how to use an app, <laughs> teach Don't. people how to use fucking Second Life. <laughs> yeah, I guess the dungeon of Sodom that it is. <laughs> It is what it turned into, isn't it? It's just it's just penis monsters. Well, I mean, I don't know about penis monsters. Penises might be involved that, quite that a lot. That was Spore, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Spore as well. <laughs> there might be quite a lot of penises. I'm not necessarily how much penis monsters there are. <laughs> Speaking of spacefaring games that I don't think feature that much penis, uh, I've been sort of <laughs> tempted to get back into No Man's Sky again. Well, I mean, sure. Because I feel I've sort of realised I haven't finished that game, and also I still haven't got <laughs> well, as much as finishing means anything. Yeah, that like well, I like I, I, I don't know. If, I guess with No Man's Sky, it's like I don't know if I don't I don't know. You like, don't know like, how far you are through it, or, or or I don't know if I want to go to the centre of the galaxy and do the thing, or do I want to swap to another galaxy? What do I like? Do I actually want to do any of that? Like I don't know. Like it's well, I mean. Getting through the whole storyline, you must be, you must have got. I'm, much I'm unlike the end, the end game, of it. yeah. Like, as like, I think I've just got a thing to do because it does sort of fade out towards the end where it's just like now because you're going to those like Atlas stations or whatever, 
and it's like you have to get through eight of them of course because eight <laughs> eight is the number of that game but then it's just like it, the story sort of fades out by like the fifth one it's just like just go to free more <laughs> yeah i don't know if i've even yeah i definitely haven't done all of that like go to that many stations yeah um because it's like the other storyline is basically just saying go to the center now it's like right yeah because it is yeah, that storyline eventually is just like go to the centre and then the Atlas one is like go to this many more Atlas stations and then go to the centre. <laughs> but I don't know if like... But there's all this... Like, because they've added quite a lot to the game, like even since I was playing it last, really, it's like, do I want to engage in this stuff? Like, do I want a pet? Do I want... Well, uh, yeah, but... Do I want to get involved in the mission-y stuff? Like well, the, the multiplayer stuff? stuff is the like, more... Well, Because hmm. there's new multiplayer stuff, right? The expeditions. And it's... Well, the thing about what from what I've seen... Before, like before, I stopped playing it as well, obviously, which was sort of around the same time when Rob stopped playing it. But I'd already been slightly further into the <laughs> semi-missiony stuff because I'd done some of the wrecked freighter stuff, which are sort of missions, which I sort of want to find, but I've never come across like you know the sort of freight that you the the the, the wreckage that you're supposed to be able to find and then make stuff out of. That's something I've never encountered. Right? Mm. Yeah. Well, um, because I thought I always said. Before we stopped last time, I said we should do one of those wreck freighters at some point because we mm. probably could. Because I'd done them, I'd done them by myself enough, and I was just like, "Yeah, this isn't too difficult." Even if even if Rob isn't necessarily fully equipped or whatever. I mean, I'd found places like that, and nothing ever happened. Yeah, but that's not the same thing. Oh, okay, <laughs> wreck freighters is a specific mission, basically. It was just see what what started this off in my head is I saw like uh, a friend of mine who's been playing it on and off not as much as i played it in in like my one burst of yeah. like activity but they've been playing it on and off since it came out pretty much um and they've probably got about twice amount of time in it as i have maybe um but they were just wielding this badass gun and like flying this ship that looked awesome and i'm sitting there going like my, my pansy little my pansy little gun that i've never really needed to change and my pansy little ship and i've put like must have been what 50 60 hours into that thing well i mean and it's just like i feel like i've got nothing <laughs> but that was what, what i was trying to get to get towards when we were last playing was just like because i was starting to be like okay we need to do we need to basically do what i did and like start manipulating the system where it's just like go to the place where the s-class ships spawn and then hang around and wait for them to spawn or like look for crashed ships that are in an s-class system or whatever mm. Because we did find that one good ship, it just wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one time where I did find something that was relatively cool, but I couldn't recover it at the time, so I went off and did some other stuff, thinking, no, I'll come back to that. Yeah. Came back to it and it wasn't there. Yeah, that was <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, like, getting the cool gun and the cool ship is not actually really, like... It's not, it's not necessary. Well, but... it's not really, like, gameplay exactly. No, the game like has never it, tested my. The game has never tested my like space combat. It's so simple and easy. Yeah. Like and like I've never really got into a fight that I couldn't particular that I couldn't win either. Really. No. And once you get like the even a decent gun that's like got all the got all I got a full set of upgrades on it, and you can just like tear stuff up. <laughs> I I definitely got to the point where I was just like whenever I had one of those combat missions to like kill this many sentinels or whatever, those like the, the little mini missions that you can track. Mm -hmm. When it was like kill this many sentinels, I was like, yeah, that's well that's well easy. I can just pretty much just stand here and just shoot them. <laughs> I don't even have to worry about how much damage they're going to do because I don't even really take that much damage. <laughs> 
and my gun just melts everything in one shot. Mm. Even the walkers. It's just like I just use the grenade launcher and they just die. Maybe I should look through the achievement list or something and be like, let's, let's hunt some achievements. I don't even remember what, if there are achievements in that game. Oh, well, there's lots of progress achievements, of course, where it's just like visit how many systems and learn how many words and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> I feel like I didn't really travel all that. Or like I, I was, well, no, I was, you didn't I, travel. I was, I, was tra- I was traveling more towards the end, like because the game was geared up for being a bit more homely now than it was at yeah. launch. You wanna, um, you, it wants you to have a base, and it wants you to pro- progress the upgrades of that base and yeah. get all the NPC guys in there and all that stuff. I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> I don't know if you are. Or maybe I'm not. It's like it's just it's hard to tell. Anyway, I had that. I had that temptation. But so far, it's only a temptation because because then I remember there's a million games. Yep, there sure are. There's never been a better time to play video games. <laughs> oh, damn it! Yeah, I need to get rid of that. That happens every time. <laughs> Your phone agrees. It's it's my iPad that because the phone's on silent. I need to add oh, even. Boom, boom, boom. I've not heard that. Like is that a new Apple? noise i i don't know it's it's a things it was from things so i don't know if it came from the things app as a sound or whether it's an apple sound what is things it's a to-do app but it's just called things oh, was it, it the naggy one a, you told me about no that one's called dew uh which makes sense uh i just i'll just turn the sound down there we go things yeah, does things it, three. Does it let you put things in if, holes though? <laughs> you could, you, uh, if you could, if you count a check box as a hole, you could make check boxes and then check them. To the things you're, you're that are, to the checks in, in the hole in, in holes, yeah, in, in holes, yeah, uh, yeah, rounded square holes, no. squircle almost looking <laughs> holes. Yeah, yeah. If you're at like a iOS slash Apple ecosystem person then uh, things is really really nice but i don't think it exists on other platforms boom, 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 boom. it's just a rounded square square where you turn the round the, the, the corner radius up squircle well it's slightly different from just rounding the corners isn't it because isn't that what a like a an app um icon is yeah, uh, like on iOS, square. probably on Android as well. No, it's slightly different um, uh, from just rounding the corners. Uh, it's a slightly different it's a bulgy uh, rounded square formula. <laughs> exactly, it's a bulgy rounded square. Anyway, finally got my uh, MacBook Pro, but I'm uh, with the Apple Silicon chip. Hooray! So, so I'm just setting it up. Uh, I've yet to test the power of it <laughs> because i have to like install all my stuff but i i will let you know i'm running currently and recording this podcast on the old one um until i get the new one set up but uh hopefully next time we'll be recording on the new the new mac of course the important question is is when are you going to set your pc up so we can get back to doing dsx videos <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever turn this thing on again. Probably when <laughs> it's oh under God. the we desk, need, need it's just not plugged in. And, like hand over to Zach or something to play it. That video series must yeah. return at some point. I mean, we've got plenty of Ocarina okay. to get through. Yeah. Uh, you can watch all yeah. these videos on the Happy Salad YouTube page or check them out on the feed at happysalad.net. 
Because I, I know that the, when I moved, the, I know the graphics card fell out of its socket, so I plugged it back in, but I don't know. I haven't turned it on since then, which was like last April. So You'll be let's fine. See if it actually does that. <laughs> It'll probably be fine. Uh, so, yeah, that's another thing to do. Let's sort that one out. You know what you could do with that PC? Run the blockchain. <laughs> no. No way. You could make uh, some fractions of a pence per day. <laughs> you could Give EA all your NFT money. Tell you what I have done, which I... You could heat your flat. Yeah, that's what you could do. Instead of getting a PC, I've got another form of computer. I bought an a NAS. So hey, I'll excellent. Have yeah. Fun put, yeah, so I'll have fun putting that together when that arrives. I've got um, to work out, because I still haven't done it since last week. I, we tried watching um, videos off my NAS on the Xbox, which you can technically do, but like the inbuilt mm. Xbox media player doesn't have a subtitle reader um, built oh. in. So it, like we can't watch, so it's can't watch our anime. old anime videos um, that are on that thing. Well, my um, plan is to install Plex on the NAS and then... Uh, yeah, if the NAS run. is powerful enough to do it, because I can put Plex on my NAS, but it's just, yeah, it doesn't run well enough. Um, yeah, I bought an extra RAM upgrade for it to hopefully so it should be able to deal with plex that's the plan anyway if it doesn't then i can just run plex server off the off the mac mm. which will, will will work fine but uh it'd be nice to not have to have any kind of computer on and basically have a home server that can run plex there is a um a vlc app for xbox so i will uh ah. i need to i need to figure out how to get how to get that to see the nas drive and um because it doesn't seem to have DLNA support. I think I've got to type in some web address it's happy with, um, which is a bit weird. Um, but if I can figure that out, then maybe VLC can give me subtitles from my NAS. Maybe. Chassis. These feel like old school media problems, but there's just some media we just can't get hold of. The only reason we're doing this <laughs> is because Netflix took some stuff off. Like, I mean, it is old school the me media problems because we're trying to watch old school media, yeah, literally. Absolutely. Extremely old video files that have built-in subtitles and all that kind of stuff. That is an old school problem at this point. No one watches, no one uses an actual MV4 file or whatever. <laughs> They're all watching a stream. Yeah, I guess. If we got sponsored by Crunchyroll, that'd be great. I don't think it would. <laughs> or even, what's the other one? <laughs> Toonami, is it? No, not Toonami. Sponsored by Newcastle United Football. <laughs> the Toonami. <laughs> Toonami. Didn't that used to be a Cartoon Network thing, Toonami? Yes, something like that. I think it did. Anyway, the other big anime company that has all the other ones. Um, that Sony now own, I think. Anywho. I think I know what you mean. I just can't. Yeah, I can't remember, remember its name. Yeah. So clearly they fail at advertising because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we can easily remember Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, if what you've been playing is the is the section. Yeah, I guess I we guess kind of skipped skipped into a bit of No Man's Sky there, but what we plan to play, I guess, that was what we have been playing. But why uh, in my classic yeah. section? <laughs> So do you want to continue that with what you haven't been playing? <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, because like I basically haven't been playing anything particularly new or interesting this week, except I, in my enthusiasm to talk about Radiation last time in Oni, I completely forgot the game I had played last time. 
<laughs> or the demo wow. of anyway. <laughs> demo derby. Here we go. Yeah, because I, I played the I, I on I played it on the Epic Store as well because for some reason they have their demo on that, but not on Steam. Even though they have a Steam page, okay, I like, just haven't got round to releasing it onto Steam or something. Maybe, but it's a game called Against the Storm, which is like this. It's a city builder-ish kind of game. Although it, it it describes itself as like a roguelite roguelite city builder. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're run citying. Yeah. And, and then something destroys it all. Yeah, kind you? of. So like the idea is that you there's this it's like the classic destroyed world situation where you've got the one remaining city and then you have to expand into the wilderness or whatever. So you're building all these little settlements. And so there's like you build a certain number of settlements, and then the thing comes and destroys them all, and it starts over again. You start the, the cycle. The again. thing. <laughs> I think it's just a big storm. Well, I mean, that's why it's called against the storm, I guess. <laughs> it, it's just basically this. The setting of this world is it. It just rains all the time, and then sometimes there's worse rain. I guess that destroys everything. <laughs> Heavy rain. Yeah, basically. An origami killer turns up. Yeah, maybe. But and, and you really panic about Jason. <laughs> yeah, you just say Jason a lot. Yeah, extra Jason. <laughs> um, but yeah, you build these little towns, and then the sort of road roguelike element of it is that I mean, not just the you build a certain number of towns and then the thing comes and destroys them all and you start over, but also within each map, it's essentially you're doing a little. You're each map is sort of a run of the city building aspect where you start from nothing, but then there's sort of randomized elements to it where it's just like on this map you have these certain bonuses and these certain negative effects and then as you expand basically it's it's sort of it sort of basically puts a tight more of a time pressure on a city building gameplay where like you basically have two bars at the bottom you have like your victory bar where you have to do a certain number of things to win and then you have like the non the failure bar where it's like if you spend too long you just fail essentially okay it's like the queen's impatience, I think is what it's called. So it's just like if you're if you're dicking around and taking too long, then eventually you just run out. The queen gets too impatient and you just fail. Philip, Philip, yeah. is the city built yet? <laughs> Pretty Philippe. much. Do my corgis have somewhere to run? But then, so that is why it's sort of time based. And then there's also the sort of seasons of the of the rain cycle, which is also on a timer, obviously. So you have the you have three seasons where it's just like you have rain you have less rain and you have more rain because <laughs> it's okay. always raining but like so you have the spring is just like regular amounts of rain summer is the low less rain segment and then winter is like the actual storm where things get worse if it gets really bad is it terminal more rain <laughs> probably uh. but then so you're you're building this city and then um, it has like three races where you have like humans, beavers, and lizards. Which being beavers a lizard in well this in world must suck real bad. <laughs> beavers totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> they can the build dams. Rise up. <laughs> yeah. They're not troubled by storms. But then being a lizard is just like that's got to be the worst. But then that is sort of reflected in like each of the three races has like a. You can raise their happiness essentially by doing certain things, and obviously lizards are the hardest to please because they start at shit all happiness because of because of their horrible existence in this world, I guess. Wait, so these are now intelligent factions, are they? These are 
the, well, these creatures. Yeah, I mean, it's just like three different races of your population, and oh, you can okay. sort of choose which ones you want to. You sort of uh, like every season you get a migration wave where you choose. It's you choose between two choices of like how many people and how what different races you take, and then you can favor them more or less. Where it's just like each race has certain different products they like to consume and then they each have a specific type of house that you can theoretically unlock if you get mm. given that choice and that's part of the roguelite as well where it's just like at the start of every season you get this randomized migrant wave and you get a random blueprint essentially from one of the buildings so sometimes you you sometimes you'll just get the choice of the three different racial houses and you can choose one of them but sometimes you won't even get that and it will just be like one of the races houses and two other random blueprints right which is like oh do i want a production building or do i want to make this one specific race more happy by building specific houses from them and then the the progress of the map is basically you're in a forest clearing because the at least in this first environment the whole place is just one big forest and then you have to sort of tunnel out through the trees into other clearings. And then when you open these clearings, that's like a little event, essentially. The small ones generally just have a couple of resource patches. And then the bigger ones have some kind of actual random event where it's just like, you need to supply this weird totem with a certain amount of resources or it will just start killing people. <laughs> so, you have, so yeah, that adds another layer of the like timed aspect to it. And then there can also be like, actual bonuses that are triggered during different seasons like one one of them that i saw quite frequently was like if you open a new clearing during the spring season you just get bonus food so it's like you want to time time your woodcutting progress so that, that you only open these new clearings in spring or like the opposite where if you open a clearing in the winter storm it really fucks up your people's morale because they think it's bad <laughs> hmm so yeah, that is the kind. So it is you do sort of build the same city from nothing in like the same style of you know the same. It's not you don't get the exact same build order because obviously the blueprints you get are random, but like it's the same progression through building a city towards the opening up the clearings and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but it's slightly randomized every time, and obviously maybe that's more random in the non-demo version where there's more events and more different buildings or whatnot. And it also seems like the meta progress of like once all your settlements get destroyed and you go back to the main city, you can unlock specific blueprints in the main city that will then appear in the blueprint pool. So like that's standard road like meta progression style. But yeah, it's it's a fairly nice little game, it seems, but it's hard to say how how much that you know how how long you could continue playing that same loop of building a city yeah. from nothing over and over before that would get kind of dragging i mean it's you so i'm expecting quite a while yeah but I, for regular people like me probably one or two runs <laughs> yes because it is even with the sort of time pressure element of it it's still not like fast exactly also it's not like a turbo city builder i need to apologize for calling myself a regular person that's, that's not at all accurate but let's carry on no <laughs> in this case <laughs> in this context yeah I, I refuse to libel myself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's that game that i completely forgot to talk about last time hmm. does sound vaguely interesting though at least someone's trying something different yeah i mean and it's quite nice looking and and like 
you know, functional for an indie game, I guess, <laughs> in, a, in an early access demo state, because it is an early access also. It's not just a demo of a full product. It is still okay, an yeah. early access and this is a demo of it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you're, so you're definitely not giving the full experience. I assume the demo doesn't like cuts off how many of the loops you can do or how many things you can add to your pool. Or... I mean, you can. it will let you play the loop as much as you want so you can continue to just build more cities. It's just there's never any new events or new... Right. You can unlock some of the start of the tech tree, but it's like you don't get the currency for that very much and you'd have to grind the loop so many times it's just like it's discouraging you from doing it weird so like do you reckon you could complete the de- the demo like because it's this it sounds like there isn't a, a hard stop well I, yeah i don't know exactly how much it i guess you don't i there's two there's like a currency to unlock the tech tree and there's also you have to get a certain amount of experience points which you get from building towns and i don't know if that's like decreases with if you repeat it over sure. and over yeah maybe it just stops and there is only like one environment in the demo you oh, only okay. get the forest environment right so you can't get certain other specific things that are in the other environments fair enough that makes sense it's nice to know well it seems like you can get quite a lot out of the demo and uh... yeah you can definitely get a feel for like the way it has these different options and how different runs will be different mm. Because it's mainly mainly with like the different blueprints you get offered, where it's just like in 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 a couple of the cities I was building, I was like, oh, well, you can just you can make cloth real easy, and then you can make clothes, and that just makes everyone happy because of clothes. But then in a, in a couple of cases <laughs> where it's just like I didn't get the clothing shop blueprint, so I was just like, well, I'm not going to have that. But then what can I do with all this cloth? Well, I guess now I can start selling the cloth to the traders instead and get different resources that way. Mm. So it does slightly mixed up and also you can occasionally just like when you open a large clearing there'll just be an abandoned building there and that will be like a building that you don't necessarily have the blueprint for or even in the tech tree level you might not even have that blueprint Mm. not just you don't have it on that run you might not actually even have that blueprint unlocked sure so that gave me a couple of opportunities to be like oh this is something actually different do you think that vaguely (laughs) solve like tackling the problem then the problem of problems that you have right where the like, where everything is different every time i yeah. mean that's what that's what roguelites are for right I'm trying to yeah you've got to build a run the, yeah they're trying to solve the problem of it being this is how you solve it right the like because there's all a lot of variables at play yeah and also oh another thing that i kind of forgot to say about how this game works which also confused me for a while but when you're looking at the like recipes to make something in the in the production windows of all these buildings, a lot of them actually have like you can choose different resources to use. So it, it has it represents it as like if the resource is in a square, that's fixed. But if it's in a circle, you can click it and it will show you a radial oh, menu of all the different resources that could go in that slot. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, you've got choices, so you can like. Some, I mean, obviously, in some cases, it's like, which one of these do I actually have access to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in some cases, it can be like, well, which one of these aren't I using as much that I can shift my balance around yeah. to prioritize one or the other? And do they impart slightly different properties? Not usually. It's I mean, just, it's just get it done. Like, yeah, whether, it's just, whether it's wood or steel, it doesn't matter. We still build a thing. Yeah. And there is another layer to that kind of where different buildings produce the same product, but better. Like, 
if you use the crude workshop, which is like the first production you build and you get to make planks, mm. it sucks. It just like uses a ton of wood and makes crap all planks out of it. But then once you get an actual like lumber mill, that's like almost one to one for logs to planks. Okay. So it makes it way more efficient. So that that can influence which blueprint you want to unlock when you give given the option. Which is like if I'm going down a route where I'm going to need planks, I better look out for that that log that lumber mill blueprint mm. if I get the option. But if I don't, then I'll have to much more prioritize wood cutting instead. I see. Yeah. All right. Let's- it sounds like there's more to this than I would normally pay attention to in, uh, in, in Zach's factory descriptions. Yep, as always. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, okay. But yeah, there was that. That was that was the game that I forgot to talk about, even though I, even though that two weeks I played it quite a lot, I completely forgot about it when I started talking about Oni and then hmm. remembered about it now. So I did actually manage to get around to talk about it. So against the storm. Yep. And then the other thing that i've just started playing for absolutely no real reason apart from my typical reason of people were talking about a thing and then i started thinking about it (laughs) was i started playing pokemon pearl the the original not the remake oh not the remake wow (laughs) because i was like people are talking about the remake about it i was like fuck man i'll just go play the original and it'll be better because it is yeah so 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 the sentiment seems to be (laughs) But also, the other thing is, like, normally, because I'm that kind of person, I don't like deleting save files out of Pokemon games. Sure. Because yeah. you only get one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Unless you buy another copy. Yeah, unless you buy a second copy. But the thing is that in in the case of my copies of Pearl and Black, in fact, so maybe I'll even get to play that at some point, is that because back in X and Y, they'd finally in, properly integrated the stupid Pokemon transfer system I'd already moved all the Pokemon out of Diamond and Pearl and Black and White up to my X and Y save so uh, those saves cool. are almost completely empty now yeah, so I was yeah. like well I can just delete this it'll yeah, be totally I'm not, fine I'm not really losing anything <laughs> neat so I went in there and I deleted it and started a fresh save of Pearl and I was just like oh yeah I just this game is actually kind of good for a Pokemon game <laughs> <laughs> it's like once you know, as soon as I started remembering like the stuff that's in this game, I was like, oh yeah, this is Pearl is like the almost the peak of content in Co- in Pokemon, hmm. where it's like it had a bunch of like little side systems and mini games and stuff that, that then in subsequent games started getting removed over time. It's just the ones we had to keep your Pokemon happy or like train them with mini games or like- kind of because uh, like so Diamond and Pearl had it had the it had the like contests which are like the alternate system where your battle moves have this alternate statistic for like how appealing they are in the contest setting and then you can like you get accessories to like do the fashion show element of the contest and then there's like a sort of a miniature rhythm game as well for like the dance segment of the contest (laughs) okay and then so it's it's a beauty pageant for pokemon yeah pretty much and then to go with that there's the you then have the thing where you you like they called poffins, but you like mix up a berry into this batter and it makes a thing that you feed your Pokemon, which raises its contest stats specifically. And that has its own little mini game of like stirring the pot and like you have to stir it slowly at the first, for, at the start because it's like more liquid or it'll spill out if you stir it too quickly. And then as it starts cooking, it gets more dense. You have to more vigorously stir it, but you have to stir it in the right direction that it's telling you to stir it in. Pokemama? 
Yeah, pretty much. And then there's the whole underground, which has which was really meant for a sort of a, a Wi-Fi. It was you know you were meant to do local local Wi-Fi in the age of local Wi-Fi. I see. Yeah, and you were all meant to go in the underground and run around down there and like build a secret base in the wall and like mine these. And it has a little like mining mini game where you're like trying to unearth the things that are embedded in the wall, but you only have a certain amount of hits before the wall collapses and that kind of stuff. Oh my god! There was something about like the way you were just doing like I guess that was a stylus. Yep, it was right? on the on the touchscreen. But that that vaguely remind I don't know. Do you remember the what is it? The cube? Like what was that stupid Peter Molyneux yeah, thing? Yeah, the cube. Was it was it oh, just the called cube, cube or yes. yeah? Half aware. Yeah. <laughs> Ta- yeah. Stupid Peter Molyneux reminded me. But yeah, so there's you guys were tapping on that cube though. I, well, like, a little bit. I tapped them cubes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's 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 the thing that when I started playing it again, I was like, oh yeah, this is this was maybe the peak of that, where it's like it had all these subsystems and secondary mini game things built into the game, and then they started going away after this. I don't really remember how much of this survived into black because mm. I think some of it did. I'm not sure if contest did. I think Pearl might have been the last. Diamond and Pearl might have been the last Wasn't one that had the contest. Some of a training related system. Well, X and Y had the super training, which yeah. is how you could do the you could basically spe- specifically train different stats yeah, instead I, of having I, to I, grind I, wild Pokemon. I remember that, and that was obviously great for if you wanted to build Pokemon in a specific way mm. for for like more more professional style battles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't remember what the new thing in Black was really, but then then the other. I guess new thing for Pearl was like because it had the touch screen, you had the stupid poker watch thing where it's like you had little apps on your bottom screen where you could like it had a calculator app and a, like a map and, <laughs> and right, like yeah. a pedometer and all these kind of like it had like basically had a smartwatch except <laughs> in Pokemon way before smartwatches were a thing. <laughs> I heard that was kind of one of the that's one of the things that like has been hasn't been changed for the better in the in the new one because they've had to turn it into a, like a weird picture in picture sort of thing or some other pop out style because obviously there isn't a second screen now to right. just post all that yeah. and it's and that hasn't quite translated as well as it well, perhaps it should have. I mean, the trouble is that like, well, there's a couple of problems with it in the old version, which is firstly. You basically can only have one app at a time, of course, because there's just one. Your 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 bottom screen has the screen which has the app on it, and one giant button that just cycles through the apps. Okay, <laughs> which is kind of awkward, especially because you can't you can't skip to one that you want. So when you have a ton of apps, you're like, I just have to tick, loop tick, through tick, the tick, whole tick, tick, set tick. to find the one that I don't actually need. Is it at least a quick transition, or is not it an, really? Is it, it's an Nintendo. It's a bit of a whoop whoop. Oh, okay, that's kind of annoying. But then, the police. Yeah, but then. The other problem with those apps is that, like, some once you get there's one in particular which is the worst possible thing where you get the radar app where you can tap on the bottom screen to send out a radar pulse, it shows you hidden items near you. So, of course, you're just going to be walking around the entire game, stopping every 10 steps to hit the bottom button to send out a radar pulse to see if there's any hidden items around. Yeah. And you're like, this is this kind of sucks. In fairness. I did a lot of that in Halo Infinite. You just walk around. Sending out ping. Yeah, send out a ping. It's like, is there anything yellow near me? 
I mean, it is the classic, like, Batman Arkham Asylum detective vision problem, where it's just, like, you end up playing the whole game like that, because you you, that's just how you see where things are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slightly less important in Pokemon, because, I mean, hidden items in Pokemon are not that vital, I suppose. Potion. Yeah, Pokemons and Pokeballs. Occasionally a nugget that you might be able to sell for a couple of thousand quid or something. <laughs> and also in this, and so I, when I started this playthrough, I was just like, I'm just going to be real lazy and just sort of min-max it and basically just only use my starter Pokemon for fighting. So now my starter Pokemon is like super overleveled and you can just one-shot everything. And I'm just like, mm. well, yeah, I guess I guess this is just how Pokemon works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that means you're doing it right. right? I, I guess. As soon as, I mean, like, you might come up against the, you know, bad type matchup and then you'll be in trouble, but I haven't yet. I want mainly I the main reason I was doing that is because I remembered that you get the experience share fairly early in Pearl. I didn't remember when exactly or where. And I was like, well, I can just use my my starter Pokemon until I get the experience share. And then if I want to level anyone else up, I can just use the experience share, have my starter Pokemon one hit everything, and then just get half the experience onto sure. onto yeah. someone else. So that was what I aimed to do. I'd also kind of forgotten that you can actually get multiple experience shares in that game. And I think in my original, in my original save, I did because there's a, there's a lottery system where it uses the trainer ID numbers, which are like you have your trainer ID and then anyone you trade with, they have a unique ID as well. And that can include NPCs in the game. So you can get some other trainer numbers even without going online because obviously the online system probably doesn't work any longer. No. But yeah, you can what for one of the prizes from that lottery, you can just get another experience share. So you can equip experience share to multiple Pokemon. And that was I think the first time they'd done that. Whereas nowadays you just experience share isn't even an item. No, you you just, just turn you it just on. Have, yeah, you just have it, don't you? Like isn't isn't the on the most recent one it's just it's like it's not even like a half experience thing. It's just like it's shared amongst all Pokemon evenly yeah. in your party at all times. Yeah, that's the modern version of experience share since I think Sword and Shield definitely had it. I think the one before that, Ultra Sun and Moon might have had it as well. Where the, where they it was just everyone in the party gets experience. I think yeah. I think one of the main problems people that I saw people complaining about in the remake of Diamond and Pearl is they have that system, but you can't even turn it off. Oh. <laughs> it's just always experience. Yeah, Wait, uh, yeah surely that's <laughs> if you're like pro grading your your Pokemon. Well, that's or, the thing. Are there times I, where you don't want to do that? I or? mean, that's the thing that I've always been slightly confused about experience share in the modern version of this like everyone gets experience is whether it also everyone gets the evs like the 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 values that actually affect your stats yeah yeah yeah. because i think in the old version of experience here where it was only a one pokemon you equip it to that pokemon and it halves the experience i think the evs do get transferred through Mm -hmm. that but in the modern one i mean that would just fuck up all kinds of stats if everyone on your team was getting the same ev values right because what if you don't want this guy to have speed stats because you want him to have defense stats or whatever? And then you have to use him in fights more and then you'll get the defense stats, right? Or like, yeah, but I then, don't really, but I can't then, remember how any of that works. But then everyone in your team would get those stats. That's the yeah. trouble. You'd have to basically empty your team or like fill it with other it Pokemon with. that you're not worried about the stats of or whatever while you're grinding for the specific stats. And that's the other that's weird... weird. I didn't realize that, 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 that those stats were shared as well. Like, I figured that they would all grow individually in some way. Or... Well, I mean, the way the, the way the EVs work in the, up, in the leveling is like... So every Pokemon has, like, a set 
growth progression on their stats, which is based on the species. But then if you fight specific types of Pokemon, they get EV values from that Pokemon. So like Rapidashes give you speed. So if you grind on if you just grind killing Rapidashes, it gives you a bunch of speed EVs, and then that makes your speed increase faster compared to the base value of that Pokemon. Okay. So the, you have like the base level that they would be at like level 50, they'd be at 100 speed or whatever. But if you've been grinding a bunch of Rapidashes, it'd be at like 120 or something. I see. Gotcha. So if that's shared between the whole team, that would really fuck everything up. Yeah. <laughs> but and then that's the weird thing about why in X and Y, when they introduced the super training, where you could just specifically grind EVs without having to do fights, and it was per Pokemon and all that stuff, that made that way easier. And then they kind of just got rid of that system mm. for the subsequent games, which is a shame because I really like that system for I making specific mean, stats. I mean, they're trying to casualize the combat more than so like pro well, that, static that is isn't the, the thing but then, but then isn't it like weird systems about the breeding and shinies and well they like, have kind of simplified those as well and, I mean I guess because like shinies have, have become much more like a much simpler and much more explicitly obvious system where it's like you grind encounters with one specific Pokemon and it increases the probability of the shiny and, all, and the same for eggs when you're breeding one specific egg you get an increasing probability of shinies or whatever. Over time. But like, it was weird because X and Y was basically sort of the peak of technical Pokemon, I guess. Like with those super trainings where you could specifically target specific effort values or using the super training and you could see them. Mm. Like you could just look at the values directly so you I didn't see, have yeah. to guess or estimate it or figure it out by knowing the, like, the Pokemon's base stats and then... Right, because I remembered you talking about like hidden numbers at yeah. some points around this and, stuff. And that's more on the breeding side because they're IVs, the, the starting stats basically. Or the ones you can't see. The ones you can't see except you kind of can i think in x and y and i think in the maybe the game afterwards they fully showed those mm. but yeah x and y was like the peak of that and now they've just started taking it all away again which is like they don't want you to know all these hidden numbers that are in the actual stats huh. which is quite weird i guess it's to try again to try and make keep fights interesting rather than you going into them going like oh no his stats are better than mine well i'm boned yeah but i like i feel Quit. like pokemon <laughs> always kind of automatically segregated that anyway like if you had because if you were doing that you were just automatically so much better than mm. generic child pokemon i guess for children who had been playing it were always going to get destroyed by people who actually knew how the systems worked in the background probably how i would play it in fairness well yeah but then like once they started allowing you to see those values it you could argue that actually allowed for more people to get into that system because you could because it wasn't an annoying like hidden math problem yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you had to look up on a website to even know what was going on you could see the numbers go up but yeah who knows what's going to happen with the pokemon series but yes going back to these old ones i was like oh yeah this is when pokemon was good <laughs> back when it was good back when it was 2d pixel art Back to the old school, back to your roots. And I think Diamond and Pearl was probably the first one where there was 3D elements. It hadn't gone, because I think... So what? what is the pinnacle then? 
Well, like, I would did they say want those three D elements. I, I mean, I think generally people f- would say that like Black and White Two were the pinnacle. I didn't play Black and White Two. I only played Black and White One. So that's before X and Y. Before X and Y, yeah. And then before Sun and Moon. Before Sun. And Moon. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I think I think generally people would consider Black and White to be the best ones. But yeah, I, when I'm going back to Pearl, I was like, oh yeah, this is it's still pixel art, but there are occasional little bits of 3D elements. Hmm. Sometimes actual 3D and sometimes more like mode seven ish stuff going <laughs> right, on, yeah. but <laughs> but then once you get to black and white, I seem to remember that started moving into actual a lot of 3D, like actual 3D environments mm. rather than I suppose Diamond and Pearl are they 3D environments? Yeah, I guess they must be. Like some of the buildings in towns and whatnot right, are actual 3D models, mm. but black and white definitely did it more. And black and white mm. was also once they started getting into like camera angles. Where it's like the camera can actually I was about to say, was that move the, down. Was, was that the one where there was the whole thing about that's the shadow of missing though in this doorway? <laughs> Maybe I don't remember. But yeah, black and white—they definitely started getting into swooping the camera around and like weird. You're walking over this really long bridge, and then the camera will pan behind you, or like this is this pointless spiral route. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Though. Yeah, because we can do that with the power of some amount of 3D on the handheld systems. And then obviously X and Y full 3D. Hmm. And X and Y was still good, I thought. But they went downhill from there when they hmm. started just making the same game over and over and making it weirdly and all removing all these features. Because that was the other thing I was trying hmm. to remember about Diamond and Pearl is was there a special battle feature in this one? Because I don't think there was. Because obviously Mega Revolutions were X and Y. And I think that was the... F- the first new system since like shinies and that was the first that was the first time they tried to put in like the extra powers on top of regular pokemon evolution and what that was just what you mean the r moves or something like that we're like it was mega revolutions in x and y then in sun moon you had z moves z moves that was it yeah and then obviously in sean shield you've got gigantamax (laughs) dynamax and gigantamax but then every time they've <laughs> added one of those, they basically remove the previous one. Yeah. Which is like why everyone was always pissed about that. Because it, it means Pokemon moving becomes weird because they lose stuff in the transfer. Well, and... it's not exactly that they lose stuff. It's more just like unnecessarily. I, mean, it was, I don't know. It's just like those Uber moves always seemed weird for like the competitive people because it was mm. like it really it was one of those things where like you just had to use them because it was the, it was the Uber move that did yeah, the yeah. massive damage or whatever. But then like once you once you're taking these systems out, it's just like why even why is Z moves a different thing from Mega Evolution? Really, yeah, it's yeah, basically yeah. the same concept. <laughs> you trigger a thing and it does an Uber move, except in Mega Evolution, it's a, like a toggle state almost yeah similar to what dynamax and gigantamax yeah ended up being. exactly you might as well have just made those mega revolutions and just come up with a dumb lore ex- explanation for why they also get big <laughs> get big yo but yes i played some amount of diamond and pearl i mean don't get me wrong i feel like they have to they do have to change the game each time like they can't just I don't know. It feels like a series that perhaps got itself too like they built on it for a while, and then we're like, if we add any more, maybe this is going to get out of hand. So sure. they started. Change, I mean, yeah. So they started changing things, which is fine. But maybe what they've changed isn't 
hasn't been as good as that as you say that pinnacle well i think they've gone too far is the main problem they've just removed so much that that there really isn't any of this side stuff any longer even they're adding too many pokers instead of techers (laughs) yeah maybe but yeah that's just like yeah the modern games from what i know of them obviously i haven't played any since x and y but it's like they feel like they're quite barren of the side stuff. Like Sword and Shield had the curry mm. decks, I guess. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was the their their cooking mini game. Although I don't think it even was. Well, no, I guess it. it, did, it did, did they have someone go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it, it does have a a what I would call a mini game, but I don't think it actually matters. Like it's more like a, just a generic quick time event thing that you have, it, have to do right, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily have any effect <laughs> i guess it's a little bit like the um in, in ring fit when you're making um you can make smoothies out of the items you find in the levels and it makes you squeeze the ring controller to make the smoothie and it's like you don't need to do that it's like, it's like, right it's like you're gonna make me do this because ring fit but, well, sure. <laughs> but, in, the, but in the same breath it's like there's no there's no change in the outcome depending on how i squeeze it which might have been funky what if i want a slightly pulpier mix like <laughs> Yes. What if you actually could change it? Change my change my squeeze. And also, obviously, Pokemon were just better in the old days because <laughs> they hadn't run so much out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Where did the trash pile get introduced? I mean, that's still one of the best. Like, I'm that, not I'm not knocking it, but it is it is a hilarious like sign that they might have been running out of ideas. I think that was X and Y. Or was that the one before? I don't remember. It might be black and white, actually. Or the chandelier. When was the chandelier? That was probably black and white as well. Right. I mean, that was slightly more acceptable. I mean, it made it into pocken. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I'm kind of surprised they didn't make a second pocken. <laughs> or I've, just, I've, or thought, just continue to expand the one they had. I thought pocken did all right. Like, there were Japanese arcade machines of pocken mm. where you held a... I saw them when I was there, but they like they didn't have like a standard fight stick. They just attached a gamepad to the to the to the arcade, which was weird. And probably broke a lot. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Pokemon was a cool idea. I can I can I can get into like if they if they had made a one that had more than what the eight odd fighters that were in it. Yeah, and then the DLC, which was asking a lot. Yeah. They could have been on or something. Modern day Namco would would probably do a better job, like Tekken Seven and Soul Calibur era, where you got quite a few characters. Yeah, in the box. I suppose the other thing. Oh yeah, the other reason that people think because I I I misremembered that this was Diamond and Pearl, but it's actually Black and White. The other reason that those ones are probably the best was because Black and White was the one where they they specifically made it so that during your progression through the story, you would only see new Pokemon. And then once you've okay, got into the post game, yeah. that was when you could get all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like that was probably the best move before they started taking taking Pokemon out, of course, which was yeah, yeah. what they started doing after that. It got unmanageable. They were going to reach the point at some like somewhere along the line, but then they didn't continue to do that even when they started taking Pokemon out, which is what they should have done. Mm. And regional variants don't count. You just because you're. Weezing has a giant smokestack top hat. That doesn't make it new. It's still fucking Weezing. As badass as that is. <laughs> Weezing! It's, I mean, it's hard to beat the original 150, but 
some of the gold and silvers I will lean towards as well. Yes. Past that point, I'm kind of into like... <laughs> well, past that point, you don't even know. <laughs> past that point, yeah, I'm not really familiar. <laughs> and also, the ones I do see don't seem quite so appealing. <laughs> I mean, Golden Silver has pseudo Weedo, which is exactly. like pinnacle of Pokemon but you design. you don't Bonsley <laughs> until like a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> Bonsley's Bonsley. Bonsley. pretty bad. <laughs> uh, okay, Pokemon then. Yep. Or Wabafit. Wabafit is... He's probably a rubbish Pokemon in the game. He really is rubbish. But I just like the way he goes, Wabafit, in, in Smash Bros. <laughs> that's, that's where Rob mostly plays Pokemon from. Yeah, absolutely. That's where all of my Pokemon knowledge comes from. Who's the dubstep Pokemon that's in Detective Pikachu? What, Loudred? Loudred? Yeah. When, when were they? That's... Hmm. I don't remember. That might be X and Y. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Pokemon. Oh, might be when Pokemon. were you? <laughs> yes, the stupid speaker Pokemon. I mean, that was that was one of the cooler ideas in the film. Except it wasn't a film idea. It was just that's just a Pokemon that exists. <laughs> yeah, but they like, but you know, having them combined and just doing dubstep, and like, and then they went, and then when they got like high on R, and it's like even fatter base. <laughs> it's just like yeah. Yes, that I guess we didn't mention that when we were talking about the film, but I found, did find it kind of weird. It was just like it's mostly original Pokemon, and then like some of the some of the like X, well, not even the X and Y generation. It's like the black and white generation, where it's just like they. It was originally except for these occasional non-original ones. It's just like why not just use just original ones? I mean, mm. obviously, you wouldn't have a dubstep Pokemon if you're only on the original. So I guess mm. they kind of wanted to <laughs> slip that in for the for the comedy routine. Then they got Greninja. Yeah, slightly unnecessarily. Like, what did they really contribute to that story apart from... Shurikens. Yeah, mm. it's just like, that could have been any Pokemon that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even especially ninja-y about it. No. I mean, they were sort of leaping out of the sky throwing Shurikens. Sure, but any Pokemon could do that practically. <laughs> It's just how Pokemon, you could have had a flying Pokemon and that would have the same function. And also, would have, you could have had some attack that actually made sense for them to be able to find later than a water mm. shuriken, which should have just immediately dissolved. True. That really was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you need to hardcore promote Greninja like you did with Smash Brothers or whatever at the time, it's not relevant any longer. You have to be all like, mm. this is the brand new Pokemon. This is not Ash Greninja. That's the other. That was the other thing they did with Greninja it's at not the time. Even that, the Fire Wrestler, whose name I've forgotten. Incineroar. Incineroar, yeah. That one was weird for Smash Bros, though, because there wasn't really any. That was the, there was a, there wasn't that really was the previous wrestler game, in, essentially. Yeah, and there wasn't really a wrestler in Smash Bros, though, so I can see why they picked it. Like, I mean, they could have done something, any of the other fighting type Pokemon. <laughs> Probably not as cool. They went raw <laughs> and posed. It's like, a, was it Skullgirls where the first dude they add to, added to the game was a wrestler just so they could have him hit, 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 hit people, people with chairs? chairs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and he just has a chair constantly, doesn't he? I think I've seen. It's that. a little bit like Cody's knife, like like his chair mechanic, and like the chair is always there, yeah. but you, but you lose it and you have to go get it, and it's. 
So yeah, that was pretty much it. That's I was trying to remember anything else that I'd actually played, but I don't think I played anything else really. Mm. <laughs> Not even much of the usuals. Been a downtime week, I guess. Ah oh, man, nothing wrong with Pokemon. Except for how much time you can spend in it, I guess. Yeah, I did I guess. look at I did look at the save file before I deleted it. I was like, oh, three hundred hours, okay. <laughs> okay. Although that the, you know that was always a question of how much did I grind it at like post game mm. grind it at the time. Yeah, yeah. If you're just are you, what, like, what's your plan here? You reckon you're just going to do the story and check out a little bit of post game, or yeah, maybe. I, I like I don't really remember what the post game is like in Pearl. That's the thing. Mm. But I might also. And then you're going to push them through the series. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure you'll be able to transfer them any longer. Well, is there is there a point where Pokemon Home or whatever it is just stops working? Or well, yeah, that's the question because I don't I don't know what the situation is with that old Pokemon Home app. Like maybe if I just because I'm playing it on my 3ds using the DS card, but sure. it, like if I take that back and get out my actual DS where the Home app is probably still installed. I might actually be able to still use that. Yeah. I wonder if those servers are still active. I bet they're not. Well, because the original home app, I don't think communicates with a server. Or, or it can, but I don't think it has to. Because no, okay. when you transfer when you transfer them up from Diamond and Pearl to Black and White, and then from Black and White to X and Y, it like you sort of send them into the home app. But then it doesn't necessarily go to a server because it then you look, put the other game in and, and then the it looks see, to that and then home and, yeah. and then you do whatever dumb mini game thing you have to do to transfer the Pokemon up to the next game. But <laughs> right. yeah. I think it is a fairly direct process. But I don't need to do that again because I've got my originals. <laughs> I've got them all. Including the weirdly hacked ones that I had. <laughs> or what, the ones you got from online? Yeah. That, that at the time because you couldn't see the stats I didn't know were hacked mm. <laughs> but now you can look at the stats in X and Y and be like oh yeah that's totally hacked <laughs> <laughs> all left I should probably actually find my X and Y cartridge again and look at that as well because I know I like I opened up my little cartridge holder thing for my DS games it's like oh what's it? I guess I also played some Meteos <laughs> Sweet. Speaking of games I did play. Yeah. Because <laughs> Meteos is awesome. Good point, actually, because I, I, I couldn't play Meteos for a bit on my old DS because the screen screen started going messed up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, since I've had my 3DS, I haven't really tried it again. Maybe I should. But surely you completed Meteos. I mean, probably. I can't remember. But <laughs> I don't think I did everything that that game had to offer, but. I did. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> of course you did. And that's actually kind of... It is slightly difficult to go back to videos. Like, I'm definitely not as good at it as I used to be. Hmm. I can't defeat the full five-star difficulty, five-star AI. Right, okay. <laughs> Although the way I always played videos was slightly weird. Because I always played it one-on-one -on -one with you and the AI being the same planet. But a lot of the time in that game, it's different planets yeah, and there's yeah. multiple targets, which makes it actually quite a lot different. Because when there's multiple targets and they're different planets, they can send different colors to you. Whereas if you're playing two of the same planet, you only get the colors that already exist on your planet, which right, makes yeah, it much yeah, yeah. easier to combo. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's the puzzle fighter problem, right? Like yeah. You can really send your pattern. 
he said in reality the trick with meteos was always just like initiate your one big combo and then maintain it for as long as possible mm. you just have to keep jiggling it up and down very slightly as much as the planet specific gravity trying not to complete it until you get those those one planets where it's like if a few boosts go nowhere and then the next boost will just go and you're like yeah. oh well that combo's over all the boosts just do nothing except for one or like only the vertical boost do yeah. anything yeah I remember that you can create a line of combo across the map that just doesn't actually lift off and then as soon as you do a vertical combo the whole thing just disappears it goes that yeah. was cool it was a cool game yeah and cool music I don't know if it, yeah it, music good, things. good enough for, for what the uh, DS could cope, cope with anyway I do, I do remember playing quite a lot of that with a, with a headphone jack in my DS yeah. like rigged up to my amp it is funny to go to the sound test and just listen to some of the actual sound effects like obviously the little music loops and then each of them each one has like three different levels of stress. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> where you when when your screen gets more full, hmm. you get the more stressed version. And then like each of the different combo launch sound effects, there's like five different tiers of combo launch. And then those just get pitch shifted up for like the next five tiers. <laughs> and then there's also the weird thing about it is like there are a couple of sound effects in there in the sound test. Because the sound test is laid out, it's got like per planet and then each one has the same set of samples. So like each number is equivalent for each of the planets. So like slot one is the bass music, slot two is the stress music or whatever. But there are a couple of sound effects in there that you literally can't hear in the game because there's certain planets where you can never cause this certain combo to happen. I see. But there's still a sound effect in the sound test. Yeah, the sound guy still had to fill the slot, so they put something in there without realising the mechanics. Well, it's not necessarily without realising the mechanics. because the mechanics changed at some point, maybe. Well, no, because one of the specific ones, I don't remember which planet it is, but there's a specific planet where you you can't do this specific combo, but the sound effect in it basically just has a crowd that's being that's like chanting and they're just being like no 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 and it's just like because this sound effect literally can't happen but they're like that sound effect is specifically made for this purpose it's like it's like the sound developer easter eggs right yeah (laughs) it's kind of cool there was a follow-up to meteos wasn't there yeah there was like the weird disney one oh yeah But obviously yeah. it was simplified, yeah. was obviously, because of Disney. They made it at Disney time, so they had to simplify it. Huh. I mean, I guess it was Q, and Q never really returned to much in that era. No, so it was... except for maybe Every Extend. <laughs> well, Every Extend Extra and whatever the, the 360 version of it, they were quite different things. Yeah, I guess. I suppose there were three variants of that because every extend was a web game first, and then extra was the PSP one, and then it's probably the better one. Yeah, and then the 360 one that was a bit ropey, but what well, ended up playing a smeg tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was my return to my DS games. I guess I did look in there and it's like, oh, look at these advanced cartridges. <laughs> Oh, extreme. That was it. They added an extreme on the end. Yes, you've got to have E4. Yeah. You've got to have more E's. It's basically the same as, well, I guess it's not the same as like Bitrip Runner. Because their ones were different. Super hyper, I don't remember, something, something extra. 
think it's time for what Rob's been playing. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, not a huge amount to talk about this time. I like went back to in, to Halo Infinite, having finished <laughs> the campaign, and um, just messed around on the map for a bit more. Like, I got all the Spartan cores, I got all of the armor unlocks. But how many skulls did you get? Nine of twelve. No, I well, think, not bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but for a, like without using a guide yeah. for any of them, like I, I, I think I did pretty well. Um, they're definitely easier by that. There's no like weird like logic. I mean, one of them, the, the grunt birthday party one. There were a couple of hoops to go through, but it wasn't super complex. Right, it's not as complex as some of the ones for the from the previous Halo games have been, where they're really obscure, yeah. or you've got to perform a very awkward grenade jump to get somewhere, or um, things like that. Like it's and and also like the skulls in this game have an audio effect, so if you're pretty yeah. close to one, you can hear it. Okay. Um. I mean, sometimes they've designed bits of the levels so like, oh, you're not going to hear this one from outside because it's too far away, like down a corridor. Uh, so they try and design around that at times. But there are times, yeah, there are definitely places where you can just be like, ooh, ooh, I, that's the skull noise. I need to go, I need, something's around here. Scan, scan it. What's around? Where's the tiny sphere on my scanner? Uh, yeah, I think my original... Like what I've talked about it before still stands. It's, it still feels a bit one note, and some of the open worldiness occasionally falls apart. Like I don't know. I, I think when I was it when I was showing you guys before that there might have been a section where Banshees just sort of disappeared out of the sky. Yeah. I've had that be way more egregious in in like in, in this last set. Well, I'd be like I'd be flying around in a wasp because I've unlocked that now, and that would be. Um, flying over the landscape trying to get somewhere. I'm just looking for propaganda towers to, to destroy and things like that. Um, and a couple of banshees would come out of the sky and start shooting at me. I'd be like, great, let's get into a dogfight. And I'd be I'd be fighting them. I'd get one down. The guy I'd be falling to his doom. I'd be fighting the other one. And then it would just fade out of existence mid-fight. And I'm like, that's really weird. Why? why how, how is that a thing? Well, I think the one we saw definitely wasn't a fade out of existence. <laughs> Oh yeah, we saw just yeah one just straight up. Yeah, yeah, just disappear. But it's like that they they intentionally just have like a timeout and they're like if you don't finish this fight, there's like that's fine, they'll just fade away. <laughs> it's really weird. There's definitely some rough edges around this thing, and it's um. And I had a few of those like um, Digital Foundry reported uh, like a like just general weird pauses when the game would just stop hmm. for a few seconds and then kick off again. I've seen that a good few more times since I've been flying around in vehicles more often. But yeah, no, it, it it never quite felt like my Halo. Like it's good to have Halo back, but it's like it's not right. It's not the peak. Not even close. Really, that's nice for them to have done. It- tried something different, but they needed to do more. What's also interesting, I found, is like there's like a good quarter of the map that you never go to. There's a lot of landmass that is just that isn't used, and it's like DLC. Hey guys, yeah, you this, really this DLC have story the land there exists before the DLC, right? I don't know. Like, there's there's odd little landmarks about the place that just don't have a purpose, and it's like okay, maybe that's just decorative, but the there's there's some that are quite prominent or some some that you notice being there quite you know more frequently than others like these weird little tr- little triangle structures of of like three four and a pillars just that look 
similar looking things around the map and it's like well they don't do anything what's that about or the or i think i've mentioned before like you get the propaganda towers that you can destroy but then there's the banished like atriox towers that have no purpose whatsoever and there are certain bits mm. of the map where, that you can just go to and that that's all that was there there'd be an atriox tower there and nothing else of interest and it's like why what is this? This this must there must be something more to this, or something that was cut, or something that you're planning for DLC to add to the map. What is this? Hmm. But so is that your suspicion that the, the, the space there? To, yeah, it's to it's fill in. I think it's been rumored they're going to do some story DLC. I don't know if they've outright said it that that's the plan, but I think it's um. I think that would make sense. You've got to finish yeah. putting in the cart first. <laughs> they have got to finish putting in cart, yeah. <laughs> Apparently you can glitch your way into a split screen mode. Like there's 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 Weird. it's sort of there but not finished. Like but there's a way of triggering it. <laughs> uh yeah, so there's 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 that. Uh, I've been putting a lot of time into the multiplayer though. Been putting quite yeah. quite a lot of time into. It. I had a had a fairly lengthy session with uh, Kips and Jam uh, playing. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, just just doing. It seems like this is the saving grace, isn't it? This, yeah, even the, if it's a different game, really. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, almost completely. But the multiplayer is really good. I've been playing a lot of it because they they. It's been another week of the the samurai event, so you can get some samurai armor and bits for it. Um, even if you're a free to play user and haven't bought the battle pass and things like that you can still do the challenges to earn this samurai gear so i've been doing that it's one fallback is that it forces you into fiesta mode to do that stuff which is slayer but everyone spawns with random weapons um so you know having a balanced game in fiesta is not a thing because because it really is random what you spawn with you could spawn with the plasma mm. pistol and the disruptor which are the two worst guns in the game <laughs> and just be like oh, okay and be like no nah, i'm in trouble now um uh <laughs> or or you'll spawn with rockets and a hammer and you'll be like yeah i'm all right <laughs> it's a uh, yeah it's not it's it's not a balanced experience and it's a bit weird that they chose to make that the what you know that every challenge for this thing has to be done in fiesta mode but mm. that sounds like they wanted to make it easy though yeah because you can't really fail i mean it will take it will be annoying in some cases because I mean, it's not the, really skill based and it would just be a grind the, yeah and some of the challenges are win fiesta matches <laughs> which is kind <laughs> of right. like against that well yeah but that is just like a then it doesn't happen it, eventually. Yeah, it doesn't I matter guess. about your skill. Yeah. <laughs> it will just eventually happen because of the randomness. But that will happen at any skill level in this game, right? Like I'm sure it's well, doing I mean, some behind yeah, the scenes. Assuming the balance is working, yes. I assume it's doing behind the scenes skillage. Um true skill. But why is it still behind the scenes? Give us back Halo 2. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's still only one ranked mode in this, and it's like that no sensors battle rifles style. Mm. You still get shields, so it's not like full on swap, but it's a it's a very specific set of rules um, for ranked mode. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird that they don't just do a ranked slayer or or you know rank everything. Why not? Yeah, it's the Rocket League problem. <laughs> I mean, like the problem with like ranking systems is they do introduce 
like a lot of games try and introduce party restrictions to be like, oh, you yeah. can't be too spread out because you want a people group of people together. And but that's why they had those specific playlists for that in Halo Two as well. It's just like this is the non non party restricted ranks playlist. Yeah, I mean, in a dial in an ideal world, you just have every playlist have a casual and a ranked mode, right? Yeah, and play where you can. Um, or you just loosen up a bit and be all like, yeah, whatever, it's ranked mode, but you can bring in a broad spectrum and we'll try and balance it out. Well, I could, yeah, but that did kind of become the problem of Halo 2 as well, wasn't it? Where it's just like sometimes the matchmaking would be like struggling to find an appropriate set of people to jam together. I mean, it's always going to struggle if you allow guest accounts in split screen, right? Which is <laughs> well, what Halo yes. 2 did. And, um, uh, yeah, you could have four people playing on a single Xbox and like one of them will be be amazing and the other three will be middling to poor and it'll be a really mm. weird match as a result. But I kind of think that's fine. Anyway, Halo's hella good. <laughs> uh, multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Halo Infinite multiplayer is hella good. We need to get you an Xbox X so you can, you can get in there. <laughs> Are you just waiting for the uh, uh, split screen uh, co-op single player? Well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We have to do that. Yeah. We'll totally We've do done that. all the other games. Well, we haven't done Halo 5. Right, yeah. it's like... no, well, yeah, obviously we haven't done Halo 5 because you can't. Yeah. We need, <laughs> you you we still need, can't. You need, well, they're never going to patch in split screen no. to Halo 5. Like it's, a, it's, right, a, yeah. it's an online co-op game by design, and so they're never going to do it. Um, mm. I think they've previously just come out and said it's like no, the engine would be impossible to work with like this. It's it's not designed for this. Well, that was their original excuse, but yeah, everyone thought it was bullshit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might have been, it might not have been been nonsense simply because like it was one of the first games. It was three four three's first game to use dynamic resolution scaling, I think, and that technology was kind of new at the time. Yeah, so it's like mm. maybe there's some trouble getting split screen to work when you're doing fancy stuff around res and it was their first game to run at 60 as well so maybe they had a hard time finding the boundary for split screen to make that work Hmm. makes sense yeah there's probably good technical reasons or that thing was a tire fire under the hood you know that's also definitely possible (laughs) uh so the other thing I've been sinking a ludicrous amount of time into is Yakuza 4. Naturally. Because it's, it's, <laughs> it's that course. time of year, baby. <laughs> yeah. So where are we I'm in what Yakuza games you've played and in the timeline and like what's going on? So I've mostly been playing them... Sequ- uh, yeah, I've been playing them sequentially, right? Like, so I've been playing... Oh, you have, yeah. Like, in, terms playing of the, in terms re- of the story. Re- story. <laughs> yeah, so I did Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, 3 remaster, and now 4 remaster. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, in terms, in, I guess, in terms of the tech, we're re- we're really talking. This is the fourth in the series, um, but I've played stuff that's towards the end of the series in terms of tech. Like the Kiwami games are not just they're not, then Kiwami one in particular is nothing is is, is very is very much not like what Yakuza 1 was on the PS2. Actually was, right. Yeah. So what's the youngest, what's the oldest game tech-wise you've played? Is 3... 3 is the you, oldest, d- yeah. Is the oldest, right. So this is should be 
an improvement on three, but and not as tech wise as yeah. But I think this was, was where the like three and four were probably where um, the studio was starting to get into it's like we can churn these out every year <laughs> because right, right, because right. Yakuza four really isn't much of an improvement on three in terms of on its three, looks right. or its. I mean, there are certain things that feel nicer, like just walking around feels a bit nicer now than like little things, like just just little mm-hmm. bits of polish here and there. Because there was that was strange going from like Kiwami two, then back to three. Just the way Kiryu moved, like with the left stick, just walking around, felt weirdly clunky. And it's like, right. yeah, okay, I guess we have come a long way in character control since early PS3 days. Um, mm. And it's a, uh, and so yeah, there are there are minor improvements here and there. But what what's really strange about Yakuza Four is like there seems to be a tonal shift. Like the the game is occasionally goofy, and there is like as it always has been. But mm. so far, the main tone of the game has been far more serious. And, right, um, right, right, right. Uh, and then one, two, and three. Than all of them I've played so far. Yeah, right. this is the most yeah. serious of the lot so far. There's it's like I haven't really come across too much levity yet and maybe that's because the game also in a change to normal so far i haven't played as kiryu i'm like right <laughs> he is obviously the most the biggest source guy. of levity in the hell of those games <laughs> kiryu is amazing um <laughs> he's just a fantastic character like he's just like like he can be serious he can be deep he can be ridiculously over melodramatic and he can be funny like he is the every character is every character in every game he's great um he's every woman <laughs> he's every woman uh but yeah so i'm i'm like 15 it or more hours into this thing and i've played as three different characters so far none of them are kiryu one of them has right. beaten up kiryu so right, like, like the right. one of the characters, I actually had to fight Kiryu, which has never happened before. Um, so yeah, the the, the series is trying. So Kiryu to be... has appeared. He's there. Yeah, but yeah. You can't play as him. Not right. yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm pretty certain he's the fourth playable character, but like, um, yeah, gotta be right. But but I've not yet had him. So it's like so far, the, like, it's been a different experience. Like, uh. All three of the characters I've played have their own fighting style, which is nice. They all level up individually. They all have their own item pools, all completely separate from one another. So when it gets to the point in the story where it's swapping to another character, it's been kind of a moment, right? It's like you're almost going back to square one and starting again right? with this character. Like, and the game's got to try and introduce this character to you, explain what they're up to, explain what they're about, and do it all from scratch each time. Um, mm. Which I don't think it's done a bad job of, but it's like it has the slight problem where maybe the first character is approaching Kiryu's level of um, appealing <laughs> appeal, but um, Saijima and Ta- Tanamura haven't, haven't really clicked with me yet. Um, they all have their own things. They all have their own abilities and all have their own quirks. Um, and, and that extends to what sub stories they have access to and what, mini games they can partake in that all changes depending on which which character you have um and what areas of the map you can visit in fact there are certain characters that can that can only get to certain areas um mm. and maybe that'll loosen up at some point i'm not sure but right right now it's all very fairly strict so as i say the, the game's doing quite a lot different um majima's been in it as you might expect but even majima's been toned down he's not been mental 
he's been very serious. He's been very like I wouldn't say broody, that's not the word, but like a bit a bit gloomy about the scenario we find ourselves right. in. And it's like, what what's going on here? Did you was this written by a completely different team? <laughs> but then, just to lighten your mood, the revelation system is back. So it's like, which is possibly my favorite thing from Yakuza 3, where you can just see something happening in the world, look at it. And if it like, so you'll see some NPCs perhaps doing an animation that you've not really seen before, something a little out of place. And you're like, well, just have a little look. And then you look at it and zoom in. And then your character goes, Orewa. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you're thrust, thrust into like a cutscene that plays out and you press buttons to keep up with it and take photos of it or do stuff with it, depending on which character you are. And then at the end of it, they, they have a revelation of some kind, but like they've played. So that's back. And those are great because they're like off the scenes that play out are often really stupid and like the most goofy things. But. Like all of the characters have their revelations in different ways, which is fantastic. Like, so the first guy, Akiyama, does it in the same way as Kiryu did in three. So he whips out his phone, takes a photo of it, and then writes a writes a blog post to himself (laughs) or something. Um, And then Saijima, he has the same thing. He looks at it and says Orewa because he's a big guy. Uh, So he says it in a deeper, slower voice. And then at the end of his revelation, he breaks. Somehow a woodblock appears from nowhere and he chisels a statue <laughs> of what he's just seen. <laughs> of course. Naturally. And it's, and How else are you going to record what happened? And it, yeah, and it, it's a statue of the move he's learned to do. And it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> and so there's an individual statue for each of these encounters. Yeah, for each of the moves he, he, he's, that is revealed to him. And uh, the third guy just does a really rapid notebook. like So it's like really dramatic notebook sketch. He's like, what but even he does Oliwa, and it's like so great. As long as you keep that, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> if they've already used Kiryu's one from the last game, what's he going to do? Yeah, now? exactly. Now I'm really interested. What is what is Kiryu's excuse for having revelations? He's like he's not going to just whip out his phone and take a photo. No, I mean, he might. He might. But it's I love that. There's like as I say, there's just there's just hints of the goofiness this time round. Like it's it's there, it's under the surface, but it's not really at the fore. Hmm. And I'm hoping it, like, as I say, as the as the game goes on, and may, perhaps it will expand out. When, when maybe when I get to the point where I've seen all four characters, and maybe they come together, and I can start switching between them, if that ever becomes a thing, maybe that's when the game starts to open up and things, um, things become a bit more accessible, or I can find all the dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so other returning things: the hostess game from three is back, and that's the bad one. It's the one I don't like because oh. it's like it's it's, okay. it's real tedious and um, like hostess management. Like it's it's not the best that one. Kiwami one and two did that way better. Um, Kiwami twos, in fact, is really quite decent. Um, they they've brought back the chase system from Yakuza three, where you're, you're either running away from or running towards someone. Except they've improved that no end by having the. Um, the person you're chasing draw a little trail on the floor. So if the camera screws okay. up and you can't quite see where they've gone, it's like you can at least <laughs> right. you at least have some sort of thread you can follow for a bit. But they've also added mm-hmm. the ability to pick up stuff from the ground and throw it at them, which is kind of fun. But the people can throw things at you as well, so you've got to listen for audio cues and dodge mm-hmm. at the right time, which slows you down, but slows you down less than it would if you got hit by the thing. Um, mm. So there's a there's a or you can swerve if you're lucky and just dodge it that way. So the chase system is back but improved. Um, 
I mean, some of the classics are back. The batting cage is still there. Bowling's still there. Uh, the UFO catchers are still there. If you really want to get in, engage with all that stuff, um, Mahjong's still there. All of the, all of the games, pretty much, you'd expect, are still there. Um, but I think I think a few of them have had subtle little improvements. My favorite one mm-hmm. that, that they've added is another little management game called Fighter Maker, which Saijima can get involved with, where he gets randomly roped into um, managing a dojo, um, which has no apprentices. Like it's a, like some guy was just really enthusiastic about fighting, but he can't fight himself, so he doesn't been able well, to train anyone. <laughs> the martial art that you practice on the street is it then that you're. Oh no! It's like, it doesn't really matter. You're just training. It's like an MMA oh, kind right. of thing. Okay, okay. You're, you're fighting. You're training people to fight in the Colosseum, um, which is like the random fight arena that's been in every game. And um, right, right. Uh, so yeah, but the way it structures up is it's like it's saying, right, you've got 50 turns to to train this guy up to be the champion of a tournament. Doesn't matter what tournament, they just have to win a tournament. And uh, you, you're then spending your turns like, okay, you can do, you're basically picking a menu out to be like, okay, do this training, then this training, then this training, uh, and then do a special action at the end. And you're just picking, planning that out turn by turn to be like, okay, now, now do this, now do this. And it affects their stamina, it affects their stats, it will affect their mood and their trust. And you've got to balance that all out and keep that going so they imp- they steadily improve and eventually win the tournament. And I actually think that's quite well made. And there's some cool. story roped in around that that's... um all right, I would say it's not been as to say I'm I'm yet to get to the goofy stuff in that, and I re- but I reckon that will keep keep going and be quite interesting. So I did a, I did a few the first two apprentices of that, and I know there's at least a third. And I think it gets harder each time you do it, but and it's um yeah, it seems all right. That's one of the best new mini game additions I've come across so far. Sweet. So yeah, it's a it's Yakuza. But currently not as not as I've known it. Like they've they've taken a couple of risks. I'm not sure they're paying off yet, but we'll see. We shall see. In terms of the tone and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's not making the multiple characters, yeah. Yeah. And other than Fighter Maker, it's not really given me a reason to engage in any of the mini games or side activities. They're just kind of there. Hmm. I probably will do a few of them to see if I can just, you know, there's a lot of achievements tied to the mini games, like just just for doing something relatively simple in the mini games, not for being like an right. ace of. You them. don't have to, no. yeah, but like you probably have to play the, all of them at least once <laughs> to like uh, to get some stuff. So I'll do a few of those anyway. Sounds good, and it's just I don't know, it's enjoyable to see how they di- how they differ from each other. Yeah, exactly. As I said, I haven't got to Tanimura's specific mini game yet, so I haven't seen what his is, and I haven't seen like Kiryu's probably going to have his own mini games that he can. He can oh, they do. have their own specific games. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, like only Saijima can do Fighter Maker, for instance, because he's the yeah, one that okay, got yeah. collared by the dojo. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Akiyama's the one that does the hostess game because he owns a club. Um, Tanimura's got like an investigation thing going that I think might just be a sub story, but it's like it's it's not really a mini game, but it's like a slightly meatier subplot going on. Um, mm. And he gets random, he gets random extra events, like he can hear things over a police scanner, and then goes like, "Oh, there's a disturbance over here." It's like, right, okay, I can go deal with that. Um, anyway, cool. Jack is a four. So where? What are, how many? I mean, what? How many Yakuza games are there? Like, in, in not counting rebates. Like, what? What? what how, 
in what's after four. So in the, I'm going I'm to split them into three different eras. In the original era, there's seven, um, running from Yakuza one to Yakuza six with a zero thrown in. Right. With zero um, being a zero is a prequel that came between five and six. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's ignoring whether you want to go play Yakuza one and two without the Kiwami editions. Yeah, and you didn't play zero. I haven't played zero total. yet. No, I'm going. I'm going to play zero. I have got zero. Like I've, I've got gifted that a few years ago, and it's like I should. I will, I will play that in sequence. So I'll get to. I'll finish five, and then I'll go back and do zero, and then finish off this era of games with six. But then there's also there's there's the two other eras, I suppose, of Camarocho, and like one of them has only just started, which is um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the RPG, the new series, basically the RPG based Yakuza game. Uh, and there's also the Judgment series, which has two games in it. Um, so yeah, spin-offs. <laughs> over um, the next 10 years yeah, that's what i mean i'm probably going to be like like behind by at least a few years because yeah. they put they, the studio does work they put one they put one game out every year like we like last year's was judgment 2 lost to judgment and then the year before that was uh yakuza like a dragon and then the year before that was judgment i think and then the year before that was yakuza 6 they just keep going they crank these out and they're not small games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essence of Sega. Keeping Sega alive. Keeping Sega, <laughs> keeping Sega alive. They put Kiryu in that monkey ball game. Yeah, they, they did. <laughs> it's like if they do another Sonic and All Stars racing. Kirio had better be in it. Yeah. Wasn't he already? No, they put, <laughs> Seems like... they put uh, the closest you get, I think it was like, you got Ryu from Shenmue and Akira from Virtua Fighter. Right. They, they were their two token dudes. And hmm. football manager, obviously. Oh, yeah, football manager. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot he was in the PC <laughs> version. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to play that game again. Yeah. Transformed is excellent. Speaking of funny things, I just remember the one more thing about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl that I, mm-hmm. I vaguely remembered because I'm sure I probably actually talked about it on the podcast many, many years ago <laughs> at this point. But like, I remembered that there was some kind of weird... Well, I remembered it as being like a meme. Like one of the one of the trainers that you talk to had some kind of weird meme in his in his text or whatever. <laughs> and that, so I remembered that it was there. And I also actually had remembered kind of where it was, like the vague area that this trainer was in. So I got to that again, and I was like, "Oh yeah," but it it wasn't as much of a meme as I remembered because it's actually like a kind of obscure reference, I guess. Oh yeah. But it's weirdly a reference to like something awful. <laughs> oh. oh no! Which is like okay, that's a very some right some translator on this game obviously had been involved with something awful for some reason. Oh, that's funny. 
But yes, it's just this the random artist trailer that you fight, and then he was like, oh, I've been inspired. I'm going to create a new artwork of this battle, and it's going to be Body called... Art? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's going to be called My Pokemon is Fight, which is a reference... <laughs> Which is a reference to, um, as far as I understand it, because I I don't actually know this reference that well, but that's one of the contributors, I guess you'd call it, of something awful, made a book called My Tank is Fight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's referencing. But I was like, I came back to that because I, I had remembered it as being a meme, and I was like, I thought it was going to be something fairly obvious, but it was actually kind of obscure. And that then I was like, cut. I <laughs> guess I guess I would have known that at the time as well because I was aware of something awful even back then oh, man, in two thousand and seven. That's so good. <laughs> well, yeah, because of Goonswarm, I presume. Well, yeah, I mean, back then it was probably yeah. more relevant. <laughs> is Goonswarm still a thing? In Eve, it? yes, certainly. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> The endless battle the of Goonswarm versus the Reddit one, whatever that's called. Oh, okay. Test the lives, please ignore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that, cool. that was weird. It's just like, it's just this, it's just such a, some guy who worked on the translation slipped that one in there <laughs> kind of reference. <laughs> that's the nice one. Yeah, so my tank is fight is apparently a, a, a sort of it's an examination of twenty real inventions from World War Two that never saw the light of day. Yes, I mean that's what I gathered from re- going back to the something awful post about it. But I was like, is this like a serious book or a comedy book? And I can't really tell. <laughs> right. I mean, the title a implies a comedy title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The title implies one thing, but it doesn't appear to be saying that it's particularly funny. That's great. Although, although those modified tanks for D-Day were called funnies, weren't they? Yeah, they were. <laughs> Hobart's funnies. Yes. Hobart. <laughs> anyway, is that, is that what you've been playing then, Rob? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mentioned to... Uh, I meant to talk about it in the last podcast, um, but I played through... Um, oh, well, I forget the damn title of this thing. <laughs> What remains of Edith Finch? Right, yeah, the walking oh, simulator, right. the original walking simulator, one of the early walking sims. Yeah, I mean, it's a little more than a walking sim. You are based, that is the bulk of the game. You are walking around, look at things, listen to narration. I mean, Dear Esther, I guess, is the original, right? I think this came out before Dear Esther. No, 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 no. The, Edith Finch is a long. Oh no, time wait, after. yeah, the other way around. Right. Dear Esther was like Source Engine, you know. It's, yes, that was. Yeah, it was, probably yeah. the nearly the original. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this was like I guess mid-generation, the last console gen, um, and uh, yeah, it's it tells a relatively bleak tale, tale about how this entire family has died over the years or gone missing or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's it's not. A, I wouldn't say it's a happy, happy experience, but it's told through like 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 weird cutaways into the that are in the style of the person's psyche like she's reading the diaries of these, like of these people yeah kind of but like yeah but not nearly as dramatic yeah so the first one you do is like a child who's like having a dream about being different monsters and eating everything and things like that. so you're playing through vaguely um this this kid's imagination of you being a cat for a while chasing a bird and then being a shark and then being a sea monster and things like that and um or 
the particularly interesting one of a cannery, cannery worker who is in his mind li- like living out this RPG fantasy life in like while he's doing this incredibly boring job like he's, he's constructing this world in his mind and <laughs> and how that goes and it's like that's that's a particularly well done section I have to say that the cannery guy um, that's worth worth checking out um, but yeah it, like it was I think. <laughs> it, like Edith Finch, I think was one of those games that was actually kind of lauded as this. This kind of is the walking simulator, right? This is the zenith almost of yeah. like this is what these games right, should right. be. And, I, and I, I can't say I was blown away by it. Like it's like it's well, it's fairly well made, um, but it, like it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't really hit me in the feels. If that's like, if, like yeah. I guess is what it was Fair going enough. for. Um, I just Googled, you know how Google gives you those lists sometimes or sets of things like the cast for a movie. And I I Googled walking simulator game Mm. and it's come up with like a set and it says, (laughs) Firewatch, everybody's gone to the rapture, gone home, dear Esther, what remains of Edith Finch, the Stanley Parable, the vanishing of Ethan Carter, Death Stranding, (laughs) which is hilarious (laughs) because it is a walking simulator. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. (laughs) That is is pretty true. It's a a walking simulator. That is a joke. With a a little combat. There's also a game called Walking Simulator with the same font as like Farm Simulator. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, and it looks like a a, a, a uh, looks like Death Stranding. Like so, it must be. Uh, <laughs> what based yeah. on based on the uh, as in, hills of Iceland? A post Death Stranding <laughs> rip off, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it's it, in a, the vein of like parody. Once you call it the the totally accurate battle simulator right. style, yeah. where they they also did. What was their Fortnite clone called? I forgot. Oh man, um, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't remember it. But yes, same concept. Mm. <laughs> Parody yeah. the the real game, yeah. But they sometimes do it better than the real game. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I've forgotten about everyone goes to the rapture. That is very much a walking simulator because there's not a lot. There isn't really. Even it's a, the same people a, that made um, the first one. The, uh, the Arrested, yeah, Chinese Room, I think. Um, yeah, I like Firewatch. That was good. Yeah, does that does that even count? Is that a walking simulator? Uh, kind of. You don't I mean, do. I, don't, I suppose you don't really do anything, of, It's yeah. like an adventure. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the Stanley Parable. Maybe is less of a walking simulator than those other ones. It's yeah, Stanley Parable is. I mean, you don't really do much apart from walk, but it's more like a choice simulator. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And a, I mean, that's the illusion of choice simulator. Yeah. And a platformer, I guess, and a well, a little bit, yeah. It sort of falls into that not very well um, populated category of subversion games, I guess, like Frog Fractions and yes, um, yeah, whatever that pony game is that I want to, I actually want to play at some point. What's that called anyway? Where there's a, like a like a pony runner, but it's being invaded by Satan, and you have to program against Satan. That, that sounds kind of fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, clever meta games. Cleverer yeah. than the Matrix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, Edith Finch. Like it was only like two ish hours long, um, so it was, it was it was worth checking out. Is what I would say. That like it was it was definitely worth going through. I think I think it's the same developers made that that made Unfinished Swan. Right. I think. Mm. I think. 
Um, an unfinished sauna is one of those games I've always wanted to check out as well, um, but never got around to. Uh, yeah, so it was it was it was worth a quick jaunt, but yeah, I don't think I saw what other people saw. But then I guess I'm not necessarily that arty. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's me. That is that is everything I've been playing. Like I guess Zach and I cool. did a bit of Derg and did a bit of Rocket League, but, and Hyrule Warriors <laughs> and Hyrule Warriors, of Still. course. Um, we got we got we got the next character, um, the monk. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, Spoilers for the, for the DLC of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Can, what, can you play as right. even... Well, he's the last boss. Oh. Yeah. That's why I said he should have been the DLC for this game. I see. <laughs> well, I'm, I've got nothing new but just playing, still playing Breath of the Wild, so I'll probably get to the DLC eventually. I've just got to... Uh, did you already desert. do the DLC at some point or is this the first time you're yeah I did the DLC, DLC before oh, no I've done the DLC before oh, I never bothered to do the whole you know get power up the master sword right the other DLC yes. I, yeah I didn't do that but I did do the um, the, the, the actual proper DLC get the, the motorbike the and, <laughs> yeah and the motorbike yeah not that I ever used that because no. I just put the game down as soon as I unlocked it yes. um, and also because it's dumb <laughs> kind of, I guess you've um, never tried master quest or hard mode or whatever it is or no, that's a Zach thing. <laughs> yeah. What, where there's like um, just the goblins flying through the sky on, yeah, on balloons, the balloons and stuff like that. Yeah. No, no, I haven't done that. Um, but uh, no, I thought I'd play it again in the normal way rather than in the insane way. But uh, yeah, it's cool that that exists, obviously. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Because, you know, this is the year of Breath of the Wild unnamed well, sequel. Well, that's it. Theoretically, yeah. Well, theoretically, yeah. So it should be, should be done in time for that. And also the other damn game, Red Dead 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, We so mentioned that's... this last time, but this is going to be a hell of a year for Nintendo, theoretically. Like Breath, theoretically. Of, the Wild, Breath of the Wild 2, uh, Splatoon 3, Kirby, to a lesser extent. I think maybe Kirby to a greater extent than Splatoon, almost. You reckon? I don't know how much. I really don't have no idea how popular Splatoon actually is in the, in the like, I mean, rating of Nintendo mm, products. It's relatively popular. You know, I've, met, I've met, I've definitely met multiple kids of different parents who have played splatoon if that mm. makes sense mm. like it, like I, I do come across it um it's pretty big it's pretty big kid fr- kid friendly well, I mean, it, it might it might have it. like outbigged kirby just because of the age of kirby well right? yeah but like in this situation i feel like kirby might be bigger just because it's essentially new almost yeah this, maybe at this maybe. point of the generation yeah it just seems like a new Mario Odyssey esque game, except it's this different character. <laughs> Bayonetta three. That, that barely counts as being Nintendo. Come on, <laughs> Bayonetta. It's going to be a good year to, to, for Switch. It's going to be a good year. And then Nintendo will screw it up by trying to release a new oh. skew of the Switch. <laughs> Well, when's when's Metroid Prime Four? Is that I suppose they reached the <laughs> never said we in, in, probably not this year. Infinitely, yeah. Have infinitely to long. Yeah, and uh, I think the assumption is, is don't expect it this year. I mean, I expect Mario to Kart, see maybe. it this year for God's sake. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> they maybe. better. It's probably, how long has it been since they said they're basically starting again? <laughs> More than a year, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe a year and a half. Because we were expecting it last E three when they showed Dread instead. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
a year ahead of games. I know that the pandemic has caused a backlog, so all the games that should have come out last year, like God of War and Horizon and stuff, are, are going to come out as well. Yes. In addition. So, yeah, yeah. that God of War 2. Yeah. Problem is, is, I don't I, want to play that until I've got a PS5. It's like, and you can't yeah, get well, they'll, yeah, they'll have to uh, get some more supply of those damn things. I'll tell you what, I've, uh, I remembered that, uh, you know, I'm not that into, uh, interested in those Horizon games. Although I saw, I saw you playing the last one, look, 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 look fine at the end it's there. Well enough, um, mate. Yeah. Well enough. But I realized that the voice actor for the alloy is, is, is actually Birch, Birch, right? Yeah. And and then what well, that triggered me to just go back and watch all Hey Ash, watch you play it, which is really <laughs> right. funny. And I've forgotten how hey funny those great. are. Yeah. yeah, Hey Ash is really good. I hadn't realised I must have like fallen off it because they've still still made them for years. But well, obviously most of them are from like well, most of them are from ten years ago. Right. But there are some other ones. There are some uh, some Hey Ash, watch you playings on um, on YouTube. Um, hmm. So I'm gonna go, but I've forgotten how funny these are, and the dad as well, mm, brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Because I knew that she'd gone and was a writer on Adventure Time, which makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, obviously, she's doing um, more more video game voice acting. The Birch brother, whose name I can't remember, is, is still yeah. about doing writing because he write he writes for Borderlands, I think. Well, he did back then, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, if you've never seen Hey Ash, What You're Playing, that's an old internet, well, semi-old internet thing that is really, really good. Scapegoat 2. Yeah. Best game <laughs> ever made, according to her. <laughs> right, I think that's a podcast. That's a podcast. That's a podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, check out our YouTube channel for Ocarina of Time. Uh, let's play, which was progressing. And, when we're not uh, incredibly uh, confused. <laughs> when we're not confused about what's uh, about what's going on. You can discover uh, the confusion hopefully. next week, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm, we'll I'm figure out how to even get into yet. the next. Yeah, last can episode get... was the confusion. Yeah, but now we don't know how to get into the next dungeon, so... <laughs> Uh, so oh, oh you mean the confusion we'll of the forest temple yes right. that's what I was talking about yeah, the confusion okay. yeah 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 you can watch that one yeah because I called it forest of confusion I see where you're going for a while <laughs> uh, yeah. so check out that video Zach's on brand it was, it was... <laughs> and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another salad cast so catch you then bye bye